0: okay y'all we're back critical diversions. we're here to talk about Stephanie this time. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say this was our most anticipated meeting so far like I mean I was excited to talk about Zelda but like I don't know there's way more to talk about here from like a critical diversion standpoint I think. Um, but yeah uh, this is Matt Murray shy guy City whatever the fuck I'm on Twitter whatever. Uh, let's see. We got Wilkins here. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, what's up, Wilkins?
1: We're back. We're ready for Stephanie. We're ready for analgesics. Uh, you know, we're we're here. I'm ready.
0: And we got uh, Seth.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm here. I'm back. I'm not having to defend myself this time as much. So happy to be here.
0: You've got someone in your corner this time because the platforming in this I'm game good. is fantastic. It's I don't want yeah, to hear. Let's go. That. And then we've got hunter
3: what's up i'm hunter and i'm choking on a piece of toast <laughs> but i'll be back momentarily
0: it's coming through and then <laughs> colin can't make it he's got work obligations um, yeah i'm pretty bummed about it that sucks yeah yeah um so yeah we'll just have
3: to deal with each other then
0: yeah <laughs> okay. um, it's hard out here so, Stephanie, uh, I guess I'll just give a brief rundown. This is, you know, I've been playing with the format. I've been trying to figure out, like, what should I do? What should I, How should I uniformly introduce things? So I figured I'll just briefly introduce the game. Uh, so Stephanie was released, I believe, 2022 on PC. Just came out on consoles, uh, Switch, and I believe... Is it also on PlayStation and Xbox now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by Analgesic... Good. I kind of want to double dip on PlayStation at some point. Um, Me too.
2: Yeah.
1: Is the performance better? Do we? Do we, does anyone have any clear? I know that's like a sidetracking question already within ten seconds, but
2: I.
0: But not to say
1: that your performance cool is bad. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, were there any major performance issues for anyone? I don't think I ran. I was going to say, anymore. yeah, but what, what did everyone I, play on? Did most Switch. people play on Switch?
2: Switch. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> um. What did you play on? I played on Steam Deck. Um, oh. and <laughs> Let's <be honest>. I, <laughs> I don't have, uh, like an FPS counter, um, currently enabled on my Steam Deck. I do, I realized, I, I'm realizing now as I'm saying this, that, uh, I was playing something else, uh, on Steam Deck recently, and I, like, put a 30 FPS limit on it, um, because I was playing with like all the frame limiter stuff mm. and all the various ways that you can like boost performance or uh, or boost battery life or whatever, uh, all the different features. And I think that I left, I'm actually going to check right now, I'm pretty sure that I left the 30 FPS limiter on while I played Stephanie kind of on accident. Um, well, that's but nice. it didn't bother me. I don't know. It uh, yeah, felt, felt, felt great, uh, very stable.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, Stephanie is by Analgesic Productions, which I think probably besides Analgesic's own Discord server, this is probably the most uh, dense fan base of their games on the internet, I think. I, I, that sounds sad to say. I swear there's more of us that are in this Discord server, but um, we did even the Ocean. We didn't record it, unfortunately, but like for me, that was hands down my favorite both game that we've played so far and um, <laughs> discussion that we had. Um, and yeah, analgesic is Melos Hantani and Marina Kataka. And they make really fucking good games. We should definitely do anodyne 2 I'm thinking later on this year, we do anodyne one and two as a pairing. Um, and yeah, Stephanie is about uh, three biologists, researchers, uh getting stranded on the island Stephanie. It's Amy, Ryu, and Ing-Wen And I get yeah, it's a puzzle platformer, 3D platformer, visual novel, low poly. I don't know how else to describe. It's a lot of things at once. Um, mm-hmm. much like all their other games, it's kind of hard to just condense it down to a genre, and it's not not really even really worthwhile to try and condense it down that far because it is just a fucking masterpiece. I think, um, yeah. What were our broad thoughts on Stephanie? Uh, Man. I,
1: I think I try to come in. Sorry, Seth, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, I, no, I, I try no. to come in with like a consensus. It, it, it's interesting without going full on, but like the last little bit of the game gives you kind of like a post epilogue. Is like think about what just happened. And I think their games do a really good job of like, kind of, I, I, like I almost needed another week to sit on it. Like I wanted to have a preliminary discussion and then come in here and be like, wow. Like I'm very curious to see what everyone else took away from it more so than I am concerned about like the way we feel about the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I It's obviously a product of COVID and it has a lot, I think to say about the way we're all separated, but Trying to connect, and 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 obviously, there's a lot of use of the words "connection" throughout the game. But I'm kind of blown away by the story elements, the characters, um, especially like character design. I, I think they all all their games have a certain milieu. Like there's 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 a thing there that that no one else gets, whether it be dialogue and information that's passed along and what they're trying to say with whether it's through all those things. But yeah, I. It's interesting to play something that explores stuff that I don't think a lot of other games have gotten into or want to talk about or in trying. And I think it's a really good representation of, like, COVID media in a positive way, where, like, the opposite being the Tiger King of, like, that's just something people consumed, where this is, like, I think trying to say about what it's like to not be able to connect, whether it's through, like, the meta layer of them making a game not in the same place or the characters in the game not being able to connect via, you know, borders, especially that, the way that, like, them trying to do research, and I'm not an academic, but it sounds like it's a very frustrating process of how to go about doing research and all those other things.
0: Yeah, I really wish Xavier had played the game and was in here, because he would be able to give us mm-hmm. a real good rundown of, like, how accurate this is to academia because, yeah, it sounds miserable.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah, I love the... I think that the thing that I that I maybe like most about Analgesics games is that sense of cohesion like you're talking about, like that kind of sense of like everything sort of connects thematically and makes perfect sense and they always, always adhere to like their own set of rules. And mm-hmm. I... I really like that. I don't think that there's another independent developer working today that does that as well as they do. And that theme of connection is prevalent throughout the entire thing. And even like little stuff, like the backgrounds of the characters, how they're all, you know, Taiwanese. Some of them, you know, like Ryo is Taiwanese, Japanese. Um, Amy is Taiwanese-American. And then ingwen is just like straight Taiwanese. Like even that, is like kind of illustrating the way that they are connected, um, but also incredibly different. They all come from different backgrounds and yet they work in the same field, you know, and um, it really is like this huge commentary on like the ways that we're different and the ways that we're similar. And um, I, I think it's really beautiful and it really gives you a window into even observing and thinking about, the things around you you know like we'll get into like mechanical stuff i'm sure um but even like yeah like connecting and studying the the flora and fauna of stephanie island is not as simple as just like i looked at this flower and it has cool petals you're connect you're like learning about them and you're talking to them and getting to understand the world around you in a meaningful way which i think is what all of us were kind of longing for or maybe realized that we were taking for granted when it was taken away from us during COVID. Like this this was a game made during COVID and, and like you can feel it, especially when you get to the epilogue where it like sort of leaves you with this commentary on like the world that we're leaving behind for the people that come after us. And the, the game just leaves you with so much to chew on. I'm I'm actually I'm glad that I finished it like a little while ago now because i've had time to kind of marinate on the way it made me feel um had we recorded this like a day after i finished it i think it would have been i think i would have come into it very different so yeah i'm glad we're doing it now
3: <laughs> i uh i'm sure to no one's surprise finished the game yesterday so um <laughs> I, <valid>. i'll uh, <laughs> um i mean been playing it for like just little 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 bits and pieces for for you know the the last I don't know, week and a half or so. But um, yeah, I mean, I think for me the the thing that I have like been left chewing on the most uh, since I finished it is like I mean, obviously, I feel like thematically we're we're working with a lot here. I mean, the scan has a lot to say, um, and that's something that I think we all felt about even the other pin as well. Um, which is why that conversation became uh such a like hulkingly massive thing because we just like there's so much uh so many directions you could go and so uh many things to talk about and digest. But I, I think the thing that has sat with me the most, obviously like, yeah, I think like empathy and connectedness is like the are are certainly the primary themes of this uh game. But something that I have been thinking is is all of these characters trying to sort of like <clears throat> Reconcile um, the various ways that they, the various like qualities that they use to identify themselves. They're trying to sort of like reconcile all of these disparate identities. Um, and I think, obviously, like national identity is a huge part um, of uh, the character dynamic. Like all of them being like, like Seth said, um, you know, part um, Taiwanese. <clears throat> um, but I also think that there's this sense of like. We are all representing, uh, you know, a, a different nation uh, in this uh, academic pursuit. Um, but like, how the experience that we're having, this sort of like uh, meaningful, more like emotionally driven. Obviously, there's the there's the intellectual curiosity and in the and the and the academic element, but there's also this like uh extreme emotional reaction that the the characters are having to the experience um in the and the feeling of connectedness and like w- what it feels like to to link with the species and to like get to know Stephanie as a as a character um and as a place and as like a, a cohesive ecosystem um and, and I think that the emotional reaction they have to the experience um, sometimes conflicts uh, with the academic uh, reaction that they have to the experience. And I think trying to reconcile like, oh well, uh, or, or or like even even towards the end when they're talking about like, how are we going to uh, like disperse this data into the world? Should we like hold on to it for a while? Um, you know, should we like, you know, encrypt it so that no one can, because like we don't we don't trust our own, uh, you know, nation's sort of, like, political interests to handle this sensitive information um, in a way that, like, I guess, accurately portrays the truth of this situation. Um, and I think that's all really interesting, and I I just think, I, I think all the time, uh, you know, increasingly, um, as, like, uh, you know, living in the U.S. especially, and, and, and likely elsewhere, too. I mean, you can speak to this... Um, Matt, um, i'm sure but like just with the with political tensions uh just like rising and rising and rising and rising and, and you know arguably having like peaked and maybe maybe like eased a little um in the last little while but uh yeah i mean i just think that like in a post trump world where like everything has been increasingly politicized all the time um I, I don't know. I, I think that I, I, I've often thought about what makes, what drives pe- people to be like patriotic or nationalist um, and how the, the whole idea of like nationalism or like belonging to a body of people that large that is represented by like yet another smaller body of more powerful, wealthier people with like potentially completely different interests. Um, and how like somehow we have been like brainwashed to incorporate that into our identity uh, as people. Um, I, I think that those themes have really like hit for me with this one because I, I often think about like, you know, people who really die on this hill. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking specifically about my experience in the US, but like people who um, you know, will really like defend whatever, Ideal um, they have of like what America is to them, like what their nation is to them, um, and what it represents. Um, a lot of people are just like so willing to defend that to the death, uh, regardless of the consequences and and how it affects other people and how it affects them. Um, and I think this game um, touches on that in an interesting way, like through the lens of like there's the literal actual situation that we're in and then like there's the there's all of the potential branching realities that will become of this situation if this information gets like misused politically or socially or whatever by like the scientific communities and or governments of our respect like the nations that we respectively represent and i just i don't know i think that's i've been thinking about that a lot uh, since i finished the game
1: Matt, what were your takeaways from the game?
0: My, like, overall, I guess, what what we've been doing. Um, yeah. So, for one, I do have to... We're going to have to talk about the gameplay a little bit. But again... Yeah, of course. My... From a gameplay point of view, I fucking loved it. Um, I loved the 3D platforming. It took me a while. It took, honestly, probably most of my first playthrough to, like, really come to grips with the controls. Um... Specifically the specifically the camera, I think that was probably my biggest issue and what I would say about the platforming itself, probably the biggest issue in general. I never, like I know Colin said, I forget what setting he did, um, like separating movement with, I don't remember exactly, but I tried that I was like, yeah, it doesn't really feel that much better. Um, but yeah, overall the platforming was great. When I did my whole little two-hour run of the game, like, it really struck me like, oh, they really have something here. Like, I would play a whole game of just this, honestly. Um, the, the, the linking, the puzzle stuff was fantastic. Um, I couldn't get over... Again, you know, we talked about in Even the Ocean how the gameplay elements also tie into the narrative and the theming and stuff. And just... Um, I didn't notice until I was re-watching my own videos earlier today that, like, the key links are usually Ooh. themed around, like, yeah, what is happening. So, like, a big thing I noticed was with ingwen wen is that she is, like, the the heart of the, the group or the heart of the, the, the team, and that, um, but she also, like, she she's way more about her feelings than the other two who are way more analytical or whatever, but you see with that key link, I forget the name of it. I probably wrote it down somewhere, but it's like, is it the one, I think, where it's like, there's three creatures moving back and left and right, and you can only place blocks near them. And then later Mm -hmm. on in the puzzle, they start changing those same creatures. Some of them change the colors of the blocks. Um, Mm -hmm. It just really hit me, and I'd like to go back and try and tie in um, Amy and reuse um, key links more to to their actual personality and their story arc, but um, yeah, when even the puzzles are are doing shit like that, I don't know. I, I couldn't get over it. I I again, much like yeah. I could, I could play a game of just the platforming. I could play a game of just those puzzles. If they really wanted to ramp up the difficulty and just, I'd pay twenty bucks. Just give me give me totally. one of those. Um, yeah, narratively. Um, I mean, that's what we're going to be mostly talking about, so I don't want to uh, take it all in and chew it up before any of y'all can reach it too. but like, I'll just say uh, Bloomington, Illinois is not only my favorite section in any of their games, not only is it my favorite section of like any game I've played in years, it might just be my favorite section in a game I've ever played, um, mostly from, from a thematic perspective and stuff, but... I don't know that it made me think about things that I haven't thought about since I was like 20 or since I was a teenager. It's it's to me, it's, it's what's so special about those, their games. Um, I've never played any other games from any other developer that makes me, I don't know that, that makes me realize like, Oh, other people have these thoughts and, um, I know that's a very basic thing to say, but, like, specifically, Amy was talking about uh, when she was learning to drive in Bloomington that uh, she was grateful that she was learning how to drive on, like, very flat, basic roads and that her friends, I think, she, specifically in Taiwan, uh, have to learn in, like, way more dangerous and hilly environments. And, like, I don't know if I've ever said this to anyone. I fucking hate driving. It sucks. Like, it's, It gives me so much anxiety. Um... I will look for any excuse to not drive ever. The fact that wow. that Hamburg, we don't need a car at all. It's fucking amazing. I'd never want to drive here ever. Um, and yeah, I had those thoughts. When I was learning how to drive and with my driving instructor, all I could think was like, well, thank God we're in Finley, Ohio, and there's fucking nothing. If you can't drive here, then yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to drive anywhere, probably. Um, but yeah, just stuff like that. Uh, that I have never thought anyone else thought. I, that sounds dumb, but in my head, no one else could be that neurotic and w- anxious and worried to think stuff like that. But nope, someone did and they made a really cool fucking game. Um, I, th- I think I'm trying to go over my notes real quick just to make sure I'm not missing anything in like the grand scheme um i mean do do we want to start talking about like specific areas or specific moments in the story or anything like that
1: i think i no, i think getting into maybe also I, I think it's yes definitely i think it's interesting to hear y'all and like i, I had a and it's not a struggle like i struggle with the controls mm-hmm. i played a lot of this game i, I the, like this is another thing i like wanted to bring up is like me being also from the midwest and i think there's a part of my personality that's like i'm a big dog this like i don't care (laughs) i'll put myself through anything to prove a point like i am so petty and i've gotten better as i've gotten older but like it's still a struggle where i'm sitting there and there's a part of me and it's like gamer lizard brain where i'm like if i turn this on i've given up all that i have this is all i have and it's really interesting to hear you all be like no i got into a I, i couldn't get the wall running down i need to i was you know i played the game once for 40 minutes, right after it came out, and I was like, okay, like I gotta, I don't know what's going on. I was on the outside the island. I was like, this is a lot. I came back and then I really got into it, but I had to meet the game where it was. And I think their games really kind of require that, especially Anodyne 2, Anodyne 2, and this, where I feel like even the ocean is a little less, it's a little bit more like straightforward. I think some of that's it being a 2D platformer. I feel like most of the mechanics are a little bit more. Uh, On the level where this is definitely feels like a lost Dreamcast game that you would see like in the import section at like a you know I don't know where but um, yeah I'm fascinated by seeing that y'all like no the mechanics are fucking hitting this is so sick and I wish I had that experience it's my least favorite of theirs but that doesn't mean that it's bad and or. Like, I think it's just because of the platforming that if I had enjoyed or gotten it down a little bit more, I would have been there for that element of it. But I think the story and especially Bloomington, because of how relevant it is, I think, to a lot of us and the way we've grown up or the way we've lived our lives is uh, probably more than I've connected with anything else outside of some stuff and even the ocean.
0: When you say it's your least favorite, you just mean gameplay or like overall, this is your least favorite of their games? That you've played.
1: Actually, that's a really good that's a good that's a good question. I don't I don't know. I, I'd have to really spend some time to think on it. Mechanically, yes, mm-hmm. but I think the puzzles are really cool. I I think it's just I'm gonna specifically say wall running in for me was the thing I, I butted up against, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that I was struggling with it. Like I think that's something that has to be like stated: is that um, other people are obviously going to connect with this and like hit it. You're speed running the game, so it's it's not impossible. It's just something I was struggling with personally.
0: Yeah. Again, it it took me a whole playthrough, and even then, yeah, I agree. Totally. The wall running is still the most uh, finicky part of the game. Um, it's
3: the least elegant of the platforming elements
0: specifically when you have to convert from one role, run into another, which they only make you do that Uh, a a couple times, but yeah, that, that gets really shaky. I,
3: yeah, I, so I have, um, sort of conflicting feelings about the platforming because I love the, uh, trigger sprint, Mm -hmm. uh, system. Um, you know, I think it's been pretty, rightfully compared to, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I'm just, like, auto-moving and only worrying about, like, steering yourself uh, as if you were on a skateboard or a bike or something. Like, um, I it was extremely weird for me to, to get used to, as I'm sure it was for everyone and as I'm sure it will be for anyone who tries to play this game. Like, thinking about it as, like, THPS uh, definitely helped. Um, but it's strange, I think, like platformers I, I think about this all the time like about like default actions in platformers like i kind of feel like in a 3d platformer um outside of like areas that require a lot of like mid-air movement or like um like directional now nav- like multi-directional navigation i feel like i have this instinct to just like hold the left stick forward all the time and uh just to, to to continue moving and i think with the with the like trigger sprint um I, this issue that i kept having is i would i would i would like still hold the left stick forward even though it's not necessary to like propel yourself um, and as a result i would like turn myself strangely because like because i was so intent on holding this forward i would like accidentally like you know veer a little to the left or to the right and really just like moving in general um Felt awkward to me at first. Um, You know, I felt kind of the same way about the dash. I know we talked about this a bit, um, just in via via text and in the Discord uh, in the channel. um, That like it's kind of like you. I feel like we're used to a dash being something that uh, we use primarily to like cover distance, and Mm -hmm. in this, it was kind of like a weird. It was like. You essentially have a like a double jump in the game, but there's like an extra step in the middle, um, which you know all of these things are like. I kind of feel like defy all of my personal platforming instincts, or, or mm-hmm. like. But I think that outside of wall running, which I like, completely agree with Wilkins about this. Actually, I I like the very end of the game was just like bitter every time I had to chain <laughs> wall runs together. Um, I I grew to like really get into a flow state with the platforming, and and I love games that make me feel like that, that just make me feel like totally tapped in. Um, and I actually found myself like <laughs> treating certain uh, certain like rigorous platforming sections like I was playing a much more intense platformer, like uh, you, you know Super Meat Boy for example not that i think these games have all that much in common but um super meat boy has this incredible system which uh if you're on pc it is the r key um where you can instantly reload to your checkpoint mm-hmm. um you know like at any point like if you've just like made one wrong move that like will end up fucking you over in 10 seconds you can just like go ahead and reset it and it's it just like it. Is this like compulsively instant thing, um, and in Stephanie, obviously it's not quite as instant, but there is you know you, you can you can hold the for me the B key uh, to reset a checkpoint, and I found myself playing certain platforming sections of this game like meat boy where i would just like screw up one small thing or one one tiny little thing like didn't go the way that i would have preferred for it to go and so i just reload the whole thing back and just like run it back and i think that to me is like really indicative of like the 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 like state of mind that i get into when i play a game with like really cohesive platforming mechanics where i just like tap in i don't think about anything but like executing this sequence of actions like to maximum efficiency, and that's like the weird part of my brain that loves like precision platformers. And I definitely got into that flow state uh, in this game. And the only times I was taken out of it was uh, was because of the wall running. And and to be fair, when I when you only have to wall run to cover a distance on one side, it's not the best feeling thing in the game. I still think it's the weakest component, um, but it's doable. But yeah, switching like. I think part of it has to do with, like, you know, you have to be facing forward and at a very particular angle to, like, catch, to, like, proc the wall, the wall run. Mm-hmm. And w- there's no way to, like, get lateral distance without turning your character to either the left or the right, depending on which way you're jumping. And so you have to do this weird thing with the with the analog stick where you kind of, like it in a in like a reverse S shape because you have to like move to the left or right but then also like use the same stick to kind of straighten your character out so that you're facing the and it just like I don't know maybe I it seems like um, Matt and Seth maybe had a little less difficulty with it or, or grew to like that system or, or, or grew to like just understand it better but I just I got extremely frustrated when like I, I eventually I decided that I loved this game and that I this one thing was not enough to ruin my opinion of the game, obviously, and so I just like chose to stop getting irritated with it. But mm-hmm. my gut reaction to, to everything else works so well. Why does this one thing just feel broken? And it frustrated me a lot. Uh but Otherwise, I think the platforming in general and the movement in general in the game is is very good um, and unique. And it does take, like, you know, the game kind of tells you, like, there is a little, um, like, disclaimer whenever you kind of, like, get your full suite of abilities uh, at the beginning um, or, you know, your basic movement abilities. It's like, take some time getting used to Stephanie's, like, unique but powerful moveset. And I don't know. It's not that I, like, dismissed that or anything. I just, like, didn't think about it until, like, several hours later, I was like, oh, it is powerful. <laughs> like, you know, like, there there is there is power in, like, the weirdness of this system. Because, like, I found myself using it in ways that, like, subverted my own expectations about how those abilities could or should be used. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I haven't quite made or played a game uh, that, where I had such a delayed appreciation for the feel of it, in in a long time, if if ever. I mean, I, it's not that I think that like you, things can't grow on you, or things that don't generally grow on me, because because of course they do. But for the most part, like you know, I feel like I can start playing, and this is, comes from this is something that we all have, because it comes from playing video games for for a really really long time, a wide variety of video games for a long time. You can kind of like hop into something, and more or less like take stock of what's happening. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I get this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, more or less, I feel like you begin a trajectory of where your opinion is going to end up. But like, it's, it's not often that I've played something where like my gut reaction is like, oh, what the fuck is this? Like, this feels awkward and um, I don't get it. Uh, And and then that evolving into like, wow, this is actually cohesive and like so interesting and unlike anything I've ever played.
0: Right. Like, and again, I, I for anyone listening to this, if you're interested, I've recorded a whole let's play, including a bonus episode that's a speed run. And like you can see in my first video, I can barely walk around and jump for the first like 20 minutes. It it took quite a while, and then the game's pretty short. I think I beat it in like eight nine hours. Um, by the end, like I I felt not masterful, obviously, but like. I could basically do whatever I wanted within a few tries, even in like the end game stuff. Um, but yeah, Seth, I know, I know you also have thoughts on the controls and. Mechanics.
2: Yeah. I, I like it when um to Hunter's point <clears throat> because I mean, I've been playing games for over 30 years and it's like, um, it, it's almost like pen and Teller Fool Us or whatever, when a game, you know, because you can typically come into a game when you have so much experience with them and say, okay, I kind of know what's going on here. So I like it when a game is like, no, you don't. Mm. <laughs> you know, I like it when a yeah. game is sort of challenging your perception of what a, what a 3D platformer is. And I think the like gut reaction to that might be, well, this is bad. And that's certainly what, you know, a lot of people uh, I've seen online, you know, deride it and immediately write it off as well. I don't, I don't get this. So therefore, this is bad. It reminds me a lot of um, Kid Icarus Uprising, mm-hmm. um, which which we've talked about a lot. Where like, yeah, the gut reaction to that is this is bad. But once you sort of pick up what the game is putting down, and I and I don't mean to say any of this to say like you're an idiot if you didn't get. You know this game. It's it's hard to like talk about this without sounding like that, but that sure. isn't at all what I mean. But like, if you if you are somebody that like can can sort of get there with uh with the game, like I can't imagine it feeling any other way. And like, I truly I, I had the exact same experience as Matt, where like when I first started playing it, I was like, oh, this is weird, and I I had already sort of come into the game expecting that. I might not vibe with it the same way that I typically do because I sort of knew, I didn't know much about this game going in, but I did know that this would be the most demanding and non-traditional uh, analgesic game. So I was I was kind of coming into it with a little bit of like furrowed brows of like, well, I think maybe this will be the one that doesn't quite hit maybe for me. Um, but yeah, just like you, Matt, by, by the end of it, like I was able to, because I played through the whole game And then I recorded my own gameplay video, and yeah, I was carving through it like a hot knife through butter. You know, like, it was just, like, I I had just understood it, and I was at first awkward and not feeling it. But then, by the end of it, I felt like I had a certain level of mastery over it, and there's a... Uh, a really cool like post game. It's called like Bubble Adventure mm-hmm. that I found myself really liking. And in order to do all of that, it tacked on an extra like seven hours to my game time. Um, and in order to complete that, uh, it did require like the maximum understanding of that game's controls. And I I found a lot of joy in that. Like I really liked kind of getting into the weeds and like really you know, beating my head against it and kind of forcing myself to master this game's controls. I, I struggled with wall running too. Like it's not that I didn't struggle with any of it. Um, I still don't like, and that, that's another thing I actually kind of like is even after playing this game for like 20 plus hours, if I go to jump on a wall, I might still fuck yeah. up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's still like, you know, it, it's still giving me something like the, the sort of possibility of failure. Um, which which I also sort of like. And I think the game does a really good job actually of parting these things out to where when you get to the end, like the final sort of section of the game, it does feel like a nice sort of illustration of everything you've learned up to that point. Um, and I think I think all of their games do do a pretty good job of that. But um, yeah. yeah, I agree with it. Like I, I just sort of like found myself kind of slowly understanding it which is also like again and this is you know just like overthinking things but it's also kind of what the game's about Mm -hmm. like when you when you encounter something that is unlike you which i think is one of the first lines spoken by the character stephanie like nothing will teach you more about who you are than meeting somebody different you know and that's almost what my experience with the controls were you know so, I don't know. That that was like a powerful thing for me too. So, I, I love them. I think they're great.
0: I, I do want to circle back around. And again, I mean, I'm not trying to call anyone like an idiot or whatever. However. Yeah, it's so hard not to, yeah. <laughs> However, <laughs> it does frustrate me. Knee-jerk reactions to, to anything. It doesn't really matter. Yes. Like, and again, we, we had this conversation in the Discord. I, Justin, if you're listening, you're about to get blasted. It's fine um but like it it's it's hard because like yeah i've also you know i've been playing games for nearly 30 years or whatever like i cut my teeth on mario rose 3 like i love platformers it's hands down my favorite genre um and yeah i love stuff like meat boy and celeste where like every like precision movement on my on the stick or the d-pad is represented on the screen and i feel like everything i want to it's almost like i'm controlling it with my thoughts that's an amazing feeling mm-hmm. too. Um, but also because I've been playing games for 30 years, when you actually present me with something that is wholly unique and new, like to me, that's the most exciting thing in the world. Um, again, like Mario Odyssey, do I think that's like the best 3d platformer ever? Maybe it's definitely way up there and it controls like a dream. um, I don't think there's anything of value to be had if like, or rather there's not more value to be had if this game just controlled like Mario Odyssey, if it was as smooth as Mario Odyssey. Like what am I getting from that? Because they're not, they don't have the size team and budget to match the quality of anything else in Mario Odyssey. So why not give me something different, you know, from a, you know, from a development point of view, the controls being hard to wrap your head around and whatever, I assume that's also partially to be like, not, I don't want to say padding, but that's part of the learning curve of the game. And like, again, once I know what I'm doing, I can beat this whole game in two hours and the world records like 45 minutes if you really know what you're doing. But I guarantee you the person that has the world record, it probably took them hundreds of hours to reach that point. Um mm. So to to me, it, I don't know. It, it's not. I I just don't like the idea of like. I'm just not gonna bother with this. Like I played it for five minutes. I'm good. Like that's hard for me to swallow. Yeah. Like that, that's genuinely like. But why?
3: <laughs> um, well, I, I I think, you know, it's safe for me to say this is probably about all of us uh, in here that like that that type of curiosity um that i think that, that you have and that we all have uh, about video games uh, and the way that we use to engage with this medium um is like a huge part of our like uh i guess gaming identity yeah. and mm-hmm. you know i i i think i know a lot of different types of players, uh, you know, just have met a lot of different types of video game players throughout my life, and and I do think there's a lot, like, this is a conversation that maybe could take us away from Stephanie, so feel free to tell me to shut up if sure. it, like, gets off track too much, but um, but I, I do think, like, there is this weird sort of, like, uh, bias towards, like, thinking about uh, types of video game players as, like, binary, where it's, like, either you play... Fortnite and Call of Duty, or you're a huge nerd that's down for anything. And I do think that right. there is like a massive gulf between those two types of players. Like, there is, you know, I think. There's a lot in between like hardcore visual novel players and like people that just want to make heads explode. Um, not that there's anything wrong with any of those things and and I certainly do enjoy all of those things. Um, but I do think that that it's it, it's rare that uh, that someone is like as open-minded about video games as I think like all of us in this chat are. And so it is kind of difficult to fathom like, I don't know, playing with something for just a second and being like, yeah, I don't know, it's not really clicking with me. I'm done because like that to me, like the reaction that I have to, it's not really clicking with me is like, I've played video games my whole life. It's going to fucking click with me. Yeah. Like I'm going to make <laughs> it click with me. You know, it's almost like an affront to my, to to, to, to like who I am where I like, you know, and that's its own thing. But like, I, you know, I think that I just like, I have too much. I'm like too, uh, arrogant and like bullish about my ability to like engage with video games in this in this way <laughs> that when i'm st- immediately faced with like uh oh this doesn't quite like gel or feel right i am like my desire to understand it is like further galvanized and i certainly think that like a lot of people in here probably like that as well and uh or at least to some degree maybe not to such an intense degree but uh, you know, I, I do think it's it's important to note that there are so many players who, like, would look at this, would, like, watch a trailer for this game and be like, oh, that looks like something I would enjoy. Uh, because they're interested in, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Vibe ambient music, uh, coral punk, or whatever you called <laughs> it recently. I love um, that. Coral punk aesthetics. Yeah, yeah no, I'm going to, I'll never forget that term. It's great. Um, you should, you should trademark it. Um, <laughs> um, or, like, platforming, or, you know, like, uh, these sort of, like, tender character-driven narratives, or whatever. Like, there are a lot of people who I think would, like, watch a trailer for this. Like, I actually, to be honest, I've never watched the trailer, so I don't I don't know what the trailer actually conveys about the game. Um, but, you know, if you could put together, like, the, in your head what you assume a trailer for this game might uh, might contain I feel like put that together I, I could see a lot of different types of players being roped into wanting to check this game out and i can see most of them meeting some type of resistance that is that they're just like yeah nah, never mind it like it makes sense to me that like this game has uh has like qualities that appeal to a wide variety of different types of people and, and players, but I think it also contains things that would put each of those types of players off. And it I I can understand this being a divisive game and um it doesn't surprise me in this light it does it, it it does also bother me a bit that like there are or it's a shame i guess just generally not that it's anyone's fault or like you know people can choose to disengage with something whenever they don't want to do it i mean you know it's your time and your life and if you are just like yeah this sucks i don't want to do this then like that's on you, yeah, that's cool like whatever you know but it is a shame that like and I, and I feel this way about all of their games um to a degree uh you know obviously i think anodyne too enjoyed some um like a level of popularity that the other games uh haven't uh haven't ever um but i think with all of their games it it's just these games have such universal and like powerful stories to tell and like things to say and i do think that like while i enjoy the way all of them play uh I do think it's a shame that, like, more people just like inherently, it's like built into the types of games that they make. Uh, More people aren't going to access them, and I think that's 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 too bad.
0: I the thing that I'm angriest about with this game is that uh, I don't know exactly how to word this, but yeah, like you know, half the people that checked out even the ocean in in our games club aren't here for this, you know? And like Colin told me, he's like, yeah, I told Xavier and Lewis don't play this. It's not going to be for you, which that's a different conversation than like, Oh, I'm going to try this for an hour and like, eh, kind of thing could, because you know, it just, it just sucks that like, and that's why I made those let's play videos. Cause I was, I was hoping like, Hey, you guys could still come in here. I still want you to enjoy the story. If, if that's what you want to do kind of thing. Right. Um, And I do think that that is kind of a failing of the game, despite the the accessibility controls and options, which I turned on just to test out what they were. And I'm like, yeah, this is infinite jumps. Yeah, this is good. Um, But it is, to me, like, kind of a failing of the game of, like, that we know so many people that, like, fucking loved even the ocean and, like, half of them aren't here for this, you know? And I don't know, like, I understand why they wouldn't necessarily, like, buy it but i wish that the interest level had been there for them to still like want to like watch the the story the the cutscenes or whatever and and still come in here because like that's the best part of these games as much as i love the platform yeah in this game like that i was still here for the visual novel elements more than anything
2: you um do you think that like I'm, i'm curious like like why that is because um i mean I And and part of me, like the instant thing that, that I go to in my mind is actually the discourse around like Souls games. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're so hard. And so it turns people off from even trying them when really they're not like that hard, but people get so intimidated by just the dialogue even around them that they're like, fuck this. Like, I don't even want to engage with this. And I'm curious if that is sort of, if Stephanie is a victim of that, if like, there is just so much discourse about how non-traditional the controls are. They're like, well, I'm just not even going to engage with it. Despite the fact that like, I don't know that they could have handled it any better from like a game design perspective, the accessibility options they do have, the ability to literally change like the way the controls feel, the, the ability to turn on like, yeah, infinite jumps and dashes and stuff. Like if you really get to a place where like you just can't do it, and you just want to engage with like the story and like the vibes and everything else, you can turn all of that on. And I don't really know how they could have done it better from, from their angle of it. But I think that um, because of what I love so much about the game, I do think it has hurt the interest level from other people. Cause I think, Um, then that becomes even like telling people like, Hey, it's okay. If you don't like it, there's accessibility options for you. That almost like, I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, Oh, well, are you insinuating that I'm like a fucking idiot that (laughs) that needs the accessibility options, you know, and then they don't engage with it. And, you know, I think that's got, it's, it's, it's a tougher sell than something like even the ocean, which has all the stuff that we love, but also is a very traditional platformer that doesn't have a lot of friction, you know, and isn't giving you anything. Like if to your point earlier, Matt, if this controlled exactly like Mario Odyssey, we wouldn't be talking about it this way. Right. We wouldn't. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: I think, and I I think I told this story in all N like like a year ago. Um, Like my mom is who got me into video games. Like me and my mom used to play um, super Nintendo games with each other all the time. Like Donkey Kong country trilogy and Yoshi's Island in particular. Um, like we'd spend entire weekends doing that and then gaming moved to 3d and she played the first crash bandicoot with me. And that was, it was a little bit harder because of, of the depth perception stuff, but it was enough because that's still just going down like a straight corridor. Basically you don't have to do any kind of camera controls, but the, the moment there was camera, like manual camera, camera control, she was done. She hasn't played a video game besides like here in like farmville or whatever, uh, she hasn't played a video game since, like, yeah, the first Crash Bandicoot. She just doesn't... It's just like, well, I tried, it's not for me. It just... She will not, and she will probably never, like, pass that hurdle again. Um, And I know <coughs> Wilk's wife, Callie, like, doesn't play that many games, but she still played even the Ocean, you know? Like, she was still mm-hmm. able to... And she even found stuff that we didn't, and that was super fucking cool. Um because she was approaching it from the standpoint of like, oh yeah, you all have been playing video games for 30 years. I have not. And I'm enjoying things in my own way and whatever. So yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, I, I do think just like the phrase like, oh yeah, there's accessibility options. If you find it too hard is to people hear that into them. It's like, well, I just shouldn't check it out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, and from my perspective, you know, I am also stubborn, uh, my limp, my stubborn, like, like, the the line is Tunic. The the final boss of Tunic, I, I, I got through all of Tunic without touching the accessibility options. I got to the final boss. I'm like, I tried it once. I was like, nope. <laughs> I am turning this on right now um, because I, there was nothing, like, the combat in that game, like, wasn't good enough for me to, like, want to spend an hour or several. I agree. Figuring out how to do that final boss. Whereas, like, Elden Ring, I'll mm-hmm. bang my head against the wall trying to figure out how to do Elden Beast for days. It's fu- I find that fun. Um, but I, I think, you know, I didn't play Sonic Frontiers, but I know that that game is, like, fully customizable controls and, like, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. I have to imagine it, like, almost no one does that, engages with it, not even they might not know it's there, but they also just that's a level of, like, um, tinkering that I don't think many people are interested in doing. And to be fair, I'm not usually interested in tinkering with controls either. It's why I don't really like playing on PC. I I don't want to fuck around with the settings. I just want to turn the game on and go, and I'll read tutorials, but that, that's about it kind of thing. Even, like, Diablo, like, my wife is looking up builds and stuff. I'm just like, I don't fucking care. Just let me spend my skill points. I'll figure it out later. This is dumb. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a shame. Um I, I just, I don't know. That's, like I said, that's my biggest complaint with the game is that, like, the people that I enjoy talking about it with or some of the people that we enjoy talking about even the ocean with didn't show up here. Uh, that that's, that's a big bummer for me. Um, both from, like, a conversational aspect but just from, like, like to me, I'm like, yo, this is the next analgesic game. <laughs> like, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... Wilkins, did you have anything you wanted to add about the control? Sorry, it's been a while since you've gotten to say anything. (laughs) No, 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 I've just
1: been listening and I, I think it's, I think, yeah, the control, it's interesting to present people with art and art to be challenging or to give back or to have to put in work. I mean, I think about it a lot, like, Callie and I watch a lot of movies and we'll talk to people and people are like, I just don't even know how you saw that or sat through that. And I think about watching, going to see Uncut Gems and five people walking out of the theater within the first 10 minutes. Like that to me means something is interesting. And I think that's a good thing that if it's so challenging, people have to remove themselves from it. Not because the movie's so graphic or gory because it is doing something that people don't want to have happen. I also think convincing people like, the, the water's there, get, bringing people to the water and making, you, you can't make them drink. Like, and I think that's something that, like, it's not, it, it's hard. Callie was watching me play it and was just like, this looks too involved.
0: Like, I, and I that, understand that too. Like, it, it, and that's, yeah. and it, it's, it's a challenge. And I think
1: the thing overall though is that, like, I think their games are just that level of, I don't know a good way to put it without it sounding like trite, but like, it, it's, it's the, it, it, it's, closer to art house than it is to blockbuster and i think that sometimes people see that and are immediately put off no matter what and i think it is really nice to hear other people's opinions about this stuff and i think we're at the point where they could release a you know 50 hour jrpg and we'd be like I, I, it doesn't matter what they put out we're gonna look for it that's the thing is like we're already on board i mean it's like asking people to sit down through oppenheimer it's three hours long but in, and that's not everybody's cup of tea and there's an entire discourse online of people watching tiktoks in the theater who are like i'm bored what else am i supposed to do that's a, that's a fascinating thing to how to meet where people where where people are meeting art and where, how people consume it is really interesting. I think this is a really good study of like, how much are you willing to push through? Mm-hmm. How quickly people are willing to write things off that they don't enjoy or like and i also would start lumping this in the category of souls monster hunter dwarf fortress there are games and genres that people you have to just kind of get in there and experiencing it for yourself and stephanie has a level of control that kind of feels like maybe like i'd never played knights on the saturn but it feels like hmm. maybe it's like something like that where like it, it's taking something that people are familiar with and putting just enough a spin on it that it's unique that way i from my understanding again if i'm, I'm wrong knights has a pretty unique uh, control scheme? I think you played it, Murray, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, g- it's, that game's weird because I think a lot of people think it's a platformer, but it's like, it's not, which yeah, you know, yeah. Stephanie isn't fully a platformer either, even... Right. Re- re- disregarding the the puzzle and visual novel, it, it, I don't consider the platforming to be pure platforming in the same way like, yeah, Tony Hawk is a platformer in like the the strictest sense of the word, but it's also more than that, and it's its own thing. And that yeah it's funny to say stephanie is like a tony hawk like but yeah i understand what you mean but sorry go ahead
1: yeah
0: all that is just to say like it's a bummer
1: when people don't go to things and like already i i mentioned in the pikmin 4 chat just now callie saw me playing pikmin 4 and she's like this is something you would like and i was like i don't know what you mean and she goes there's a lot going on And I was like,
4: <laughs>
1: "That's I, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm happy that I got into it, and there was a little bit of there's just stuff you have to give yourself to, and you have to kind of push through. And it's a lot of stuff in my life that I really enjoy now, whether it be music. I we talk about 100 Gex a lot. That is not for everybody, right. and it it is it, death grips and stuff like that. Where I've I've got a lot out of it personally, but I have to go and meet them there, and I think their games." kind of do the same where I think it's really easy to write them off as like surrealist nonsense. It's David Lynch has some of this too. That's a little, not quite the same, but there is some of that stuff where you see something I'm like, man, this is so interesting and so fucking good. And it it reminds me of Twin Peaks of being like, I thought this was this thing and it's, a bunch of different things and this game is a bunch of different things and there's a lot to grab from it not only from gameplay but from the story too and what it's in what, the themes and I, I think they do such a good job on so many levels of visuals and music and it, it it's kind of the complete package but it but in a non-traditional sense
2: yeah you know it um what it reminds me actually the most of um from like the the moment to moment gameplay and platforming and stuff is actually prince of persia uh-huh. Like the um, mm-hmm. like Sands of mm-hmm. Time and like the old school, you know, kind of principle. I, I talked about um Lunark when we did our like first half of the year, you know, conversation. And like the thing about those games, like I and I've come to really enjoy it. Like I I've become like a way bigger fan of of that series and and that style of game over the past few months of, as I've been kind of reengaging with it, played Lunark played Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time all the way through recently. And it's this like, yeah, like enter a space, see, you can see clearly readable, like what you're supposed to do to navigate through that space. And you have all the tools you need to do it. Now go do it, you know? And like, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's got wall running and jumping and stuff like like prince of persia does but that notion that that like that that kind of like um the the challenge of the game being just getting through it um i think is something that that i really like that that i've kind of come to to like really appreciate about game design it's very again non-traditional it's not the kind of thing you see a lot anymore but um but that was striking to me going back and playing something like prince of persia sands of time is like oh yeah it's kind of like this and just like how in that game you can just rewind when you mess up um in this one you can just go back to the checkpoint and so it kind of creates this like loop that i don't know man like i i I really liked it and um it's a shame it's a shame that more people won't engage with it
0: i just to touch on the gameplay like one final time because i feel like. We just want to talk about the music and the story in a second. Oh, yeah. But, um, I also really appreciate with their design, and this was also in Even the Ocean, of how they really smartly um, like utilize and reutilize the same space over and over. And you really mm-hmm. see that in the, the final section of, of the game, mm-hmm. um, and, which is also where they start bringing in... Um, I forget what, like the power rods from even the ocean of like totally to, yeah like like how all of a sudden like this space that like it would be super easy to navigate in any other context like nope now you really have to figure out how to wiggle your way through there as you've got this rotating rod going around you that can't touch any surface um i also love in any platformer or platformer adjacent thing where There's sections where you can't jump. Like you've got to get the three flowers that make you jump higher, but you can't use them. You have to save them all until you can get to where you need to use them. I think that's so fucking cool. Um, Like regardless of like the, the actual platforming controls and mechanics and whatever, their level design with one small exception. I know Hunter talked about it too, where you in the forest where you have to like jump down kind of blindly down this super long distance wasn't a fan of that. Um, but otherwise, like, their level design is f- phenomenal. Like, way better than I would have expected out of, like, a team this small. Like, it really smartly done.
3: You know, to, to speak to something that you just said, uh, a short thing, is it's interesting, like, the power, like, the return of the power rods from uh, even the ocean. <clears throat> How many people, like, truly on planet earth do you think played even the ocean and this like we have to be like one of you know like 800 people globally that had this experience and like the fact that there was like even the ocean fan service (laughs) in this other yet possibly more obscure video game like i really that felt like uh like i giggled and kind of like lit up a little bit when i saw the the orb you know the like and like how they've, they've taken their own idea and translated it into like a different dimension um which is cool like that you know i think game design really is largely um all about iteration like you know as art in general is 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 all about iteration we we consume things our whole lives and then like as you know if you're a creative like Sort of like reinterpreting what you've consumed uh, and iterating upon it and making it into something new. And I, I think it's cool that they've been able to do that with their sort of lit up seeing the, seeing the return of that kind of mechanic and then having the realization that like virtually no people. Have had this experience, other than us, you know, yeah. like so few other people. The- right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah really tiny. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, th- I thought that was so cool. Yeah,
0: with the with the the blue and the purple flowers, doing Those like are back the- yeah. right, doing yep. the exact yeah. same thing. So and like the fact that like. But- it, it, it's like in a Mario, it's like in Mario 3D world when they finally brought back Charge and Chuck. I was like, oh fuck, they did it. They brought back Charge <laughs> yeah. and it's Chuck. It's exactly like that. It's a thousand
1: percent. <laughs> it's it's exactly a hundred what I was percent. It's, yeah. I'm so funny you should say that. I was about to say the same exact thing. <laughs> um,
0: I really, I love seeing, um, yeah, game designers go from doing 2D stuff to 3D and like, you don't yeah. see that that much nowadays. like, you know, I'm still waiting. I would love to see Yacht Club games. I'd love to see them do, not necessarily a 3D Shovel Knight, but I'd love to see them do a 3D game. I mean, Mina the Hollower looks amazing, but I I really am curious to see what they would do like in a 3D space. Um, Yeah. And it's really cool with Analgesic just seeing like this condensed, you know, it took other studios back in the 80s and 90s, it took them years and years and years to get to the point of 3D just because we were waiting for the technology. But with them, it's like, yeah, they made a couple games in 2D, now they're making 3D games and they get to reuse the same things and ah it was really really fucking cool. And yeah, uh I didn't even really think of it as like even the ocean fan service at the time. And I doubt that's how they looked at it, but I like yeah. I like but I like viewing it that way, even if that's not yeah. what it is. Yeah,
2: <laughs> That's yeah. how I felt. That's how that that was the reaction I had when like, oh my god, the flowers are yeah. back, and they like <laughs> they, they do the same thing. I that's how I felt too. I uh And I also think that it, it really kind of, like, something that I think they also do really, really well in all their games is, like, they take their sort of, like, core mechanic and they just extract, like, all of the marrow from it. Like, they've mm. just done Absolutely. everything possible. Like, I can't even imagine doing another sort of design or gameplay implement with what they have given, like... um I, I love, like you are saying, Matt, like, like moments where you have to, like, reserve your extra jumps or moments where you have to, like, you know, kind of purposefully walk off of a ledge and dash into another one. Like, mm-hmm. you have to kind of rethink um, the, the way you're even engaging with the design of the level and what that is kind of requiring of you, like... I love that shit. And they, they do that so well. Like, um, Anodyne 2 and Anodyne 1 too as well. Like they, they, uh, they, they do a really good job of like sort of illustrating that restraint and pulling like new design from it. Like it's so strong. And, um, yeah, one of my favorite things about their games.
3: Yeah. You know, I think something that they do at least like with even the ocean in this game that they do like, especially well, uh, in that regard is like, you know, obviously introducing you to all of the different uh mechanics and like uh obstacles uh and sort of like traversal components of the game all at once would obviously be overwhelming. And and, and it's and it is it is like game design one oh one in a sense to like slowly introduce your players to like you have Here's this enemy, and here, and like in a, a section later, that enemy will have a shield, and you have to like deal with it in a slightly different way. And then eventually, it all builds into like a complete experience where by the end, it's like all of the enemies and enemy variants that you've encountered, like all kind of like populate one area, and you have to like use everything you've learned to you know to to take down all of these obstacles. But I think that like I think something about their game they do they do this so well where they like they they introduce like an ability or a mechanic or a certain way of engaging with the environment. Um, And they sort of isolate it and they isolate it, I think to achieve what you were just describing where they, they isolate it so that they can then like extract all they possibly can from it um, in an isolated sense. And then like you go through a sequence of different sort of mechanics or ideas. And then at the end there's a gauntlet where all of them are like beautifully integrated. And that happened with even the ocean too, where I, I kind of felt like, an early complaint that I had with even the ocean is like, man, I really wish I could like there, that there were areas that were like designed around all of these things at once. And then like you get to the end and the tower, you know, is just like this gauntlet that like pushes, um, test, test the limits of like what that might look like. Um, and I think that's some that, that really contributes to like the the sense of cohesion in their games is like, it's clear that they understand all of the components, both from a gameplay perspective and otherwise. I'm just talking about gameplay specifically right now, but like it's like they understand all of these components in isolation and relative to one another. And I think that's what helps them like really strengthen the fabric of the games. And I feel like it's translated really well to a player where like I, I had a similar sense upon like going through the last um, section of the main game uh, with Stephanie as I did with even the Ocean. Where, like, I don't know, all of these sort of, like, seemingly uh, disparate things, like, all kind of fall into place and and, and make sense as, like, one cohesive package. And, and, and I don't know, I feel like they, they, they really they guide you through uh, piecing everything together really well. Um, and I really appreciate that about their games.
0: I think part of the cohesion, and I guess we'll use this opportunity to move over to... The audio visual everything else presentation. Yeah. It is, is yeah, the audio visual stuff. And you know, I had never touched any of their games until Anodyne 2. And I don't remember I just saw a trailer for it back in 2019, like right when it came out. I don't I don't remember the context for why I knew it existed or how I saw it. But you know, low poly stuff is or rather modern low purposefully low poly stuff isn't something that gets done as often as I'd like. You're starting to see more of it here and there, but um, Mm -hmm. to this scale, like, not really. Like, I still, Anodyne 2 and Stephanie are still the only games I've ever played that, like, remind me of Mega Man Legends, which is fucking awesome. Um, Yeah. Like, I I don't know, like, they feel like little worlds in a way that like, again, I can't think of all of them. Like, Super Kiwi 64, which is really good and has good movement controls, but <clears throat> and again, this isn't a criticism, of Super Kiwi sixty four, but it's all—it's very short. It doesn't it doesn't have time to breathe. It's not about the story. I know there's lore and whatever, but um, I don't know. I I've been thinking a lot about like low poly aesthetic in general. Um, specifically, seeing Bloomington because we got to talk about Bloomington. Um, yeah. You know, I grew up in the Midwest. I know Wilk in Seth also, Hunter, were you, were you born in Nashville or? Were,
3: I was born in Nashville.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so, sorry, go ahead. Will. Quick,
1: quick anecdote. I, I would assume based on when you were raised here that it, I don't know if your upbringing was so Southern, I feel like there was probably parts of Nashville and, and especially at your age, and I don't want to assume too much here that were probably a lot more like us growing up than they were like <laughs> college. Oh yeah. And like you guys like raising hogs if I'm, yeah. yeah. but that is also yeah, a very no. Western thing too is like having animals and living on a farm. So I, th- right. I think it's probably a lot more comparable than, uh, anyway, sorry. Going yeah. On. yeah,
3: no, I, I will say that like, though I, I am not, uh, from the, the Midwest, I do, um, I do connect with like the aesthetic and the like sort of weird sense of like eerie openness of, like, and, and like the, the like, you know, not to, not to offend any one particular region of the country, but like <laughs> sort of like the, mon- the like the mundanity of like nowhere places. I do connect with that sensation mm-hmm. of like, uh, uh, yeah. So that, that, you know, I'll let y'all talk, talk about it because it definitely is more, um more like directly relative, uh, like relevant to your, to your upbringing. But I, I did also connect with that segment for probably slightly different reasons. But um, yeah, that, that was to, to me that uh section was also my favorite uh, section of the game for, for similar reasons.
0: Um, But yeah, like specifically, I like that was the moment for me where like kind of like all of their designs over the years and like the, the choices with the visual aesthetic and the low poly nature and the soundtrack, like all kind of like hit their peak for me. Like the, it's going to sound ridiculous. I don't mean it literally, but it felt, I've never had like a religious experience, but this felt like what I imagine, like having some kind of religious epiphany feels like, because I don't know what really hit me about it. Not just the, 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 the setting and stuff like it is, um, it is kind of like a dreamscape version of like a Midwest highway right off the highway town. Um, where everything is like twisted around and the highways like spiraling and all around. But like in my head, like it, my memories, like that is how stuff is. Like everything is abstracted and everything uh oh. Jim's in here. He's muted. Uh Jim, are you saying anything or are you just here to visit? We'll just assume he's here to visit. Um <laughs> thanks squeegee squeegee. um but yeah like everything is so abstracted like in when 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 i think back to my time as like a teenager in finley ohio like it is like (laughs) the landscape is like twisted and i do think of highways i think of driving to and from like columbus and toledo all the time and i think of like like the damn, you know, the big highway lights with on each side. Like I think, what well, I don't know what specific drive it's from, but I have very vivid memories of like being like on a big, um, big chunk of highway. And it was super late at night and like literally no one was on the road. It was just big street lights. Um, like yeah, that, that is the Midwest to me. Like that is my formative years to me. And, um, I don't know like that level of abstraction um, I don't know it really felt like I was visiting someone's memories of a place in a way that I don't think I've ever experienced with like a game Um, or just art in general I don't think I've ever seen something like I don't know that the the abstraction level makes it so like the sense of scale doesn't matter as much like it makes it feel cohesive because it's abstracted like it's the same thing with even the ocean and world maps or world maps and jrpgs in general of like yeah everything is kind of fucked up scale wise but like that is what makes it work um i did write down i don't not necessarily going to read all of them but i wrote down a lot of my favorite lines from uh, that section of the game well from a few sections but I did just want to read this one specific line. I think it's what Amy says when you first walk into Bloomington. It's uh, Bloomington. It's a medium-sized city in the middle of sprawling farmland. Highways stretch out in every direction. In high school, I drive out on weekends, going through those fields, trying to see how far I could go before turning around, watching that landscape play in reverse, and pulling back into my home's driveway. Even now, it feels good. The prairies of America, especially the summer, taking the lunch break off to just drive to get away from work, the people, through soybeans, corn, farmland. Some say this is the middle of nowhere, but farmland feels like the engine of a country. But lunch breaks end, the sun begins to set, and research always calls. Um, man, <laughs> like, that, it, good it, ass it, writing. It fucked it yeah. me up. Um, like, You know, I worked in an office. I worked at ADP in Finley, Ohio for a couple years. And it's also, it's right off the highway, but it's also right next to like this very nice like subdivision. It's in a really weird spot for a random office building. And I think about how when life started getting really stressful there in the last like six months I worked there and how I would just go out to my car and go to get Culver's or Wendy's or whatever and every single one of my lunch breaks. And then I I would just get on the highway for like 20 minutes and just drive before going back to my horrible job. Um, man, it really, really fucked me up. And I talked about it in the Discord a bit too, but um, like when me and Wilkins both lived in Finley and right when like we started getting into Samurai Champloo and Bees and we were walking around the reservoir one night, it was like late September, early October, and then yeah, we got in the car and we were driving and it was like directly into like the most gorgeous, like pink purple sunset I've ever seen. Like this, I forget which song it is, which new G-B song started playing, but like, it, like that's my favorite memory of Finley, Ohio. Like that, those like two or three minutes, but it's to the point where I'm like, that might be my favorite memory that doesn't involve like my wife, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> um, And this game made me think about that. Like, I I really never thought about it. Like, I always kept that memory as a part of me, but I never thought about it before. In in Especially now where, like, I'm literally across the ocean. I couldn't be further away from Finley if I wanted to. Um, And, you know, I left. That that town fucking sucks. It's bad. Don't ever visit (laughs) Finley, Ohio. And if you still live there, please leave. But, like it's okay to have mixed emotions about where you're from and it's okay to like look back with rose tinted glasses. Like, I don't know. It, it really made me think a lot. And yeah, we already talked about like the, the whole driving thing, but uh, yeah. Does anyone else have anything they want to say about Bloomington?
1: Yeah, I um, I think it's some of the context here is 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 important, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that anecdote. It's it's not a memory I remember off the top of my head, but I have vague recollections of that, of like or that time or sure. those things. And uh, I think given that this is the first part of the game, the first two key species, the things you're looking for that kind of drive the narrative, the third, fourth, and fifth are all specific to the characters. And the third one is the first one where you get where it's Ingwen, right? Uh, first is no, Amy with Bloomington. Amy, 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 Amy Bloomington. Ren, were Um, and it, it's really interesting because it's like the first time you're kind of you have to play a single character. The game's very open about the structure prior to that of who you can play. You can have, there's a button to switch through the three characters. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any impact on you know they have no difference of skills, but they're like you're playing Amy and you see Amy's story. And I think the way that like it reminds me so much of. A couple years ago, this is, I was, I had gone home for the first time in four or five years. This is 2021. I just left my job and I had some time off. And I remember. Going home and being like, what the fuck is going on? This place is fucking insane. I was just in a very weird spot. I saw yeah. all my all my family. My brother and I went home. I remember I was talking to my mom about not feeling like I fit in anymore at, in my 30s. My mom crying and feeling bad. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm just telling you, you've done nothing wrong. And I remember getting in my car the next morning and going to see uh, Guiji, Jim, who's in this chat. And I was driving to Columbus and there's a stretch of highway between Finley. I, I think it's 23. Uh-huh. And it's funny. Our two friends who live in Columbus are always like, oh, God, what a shitty highway. I've never, and I've done it twice on the drive, and one was years ago with my wife. I've never felt more free in my life, like, seeing corn mm-hmm. and getting away yeah, from yeah. where I am to go to a bigger city to be around the things that I need to be about. Like, it, it's, it's, it's a very profound feeling I have of, like, thinking of the music I'm listening to and being like, finally, I can go be around people and have a beer and see my friends and have some time to be around like-minded folks. Not that I love my family dearly, but they're in a different world. Um, and this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, this this whole section, and I think all three of these—the key species for three, four, and five—all have these really specific feelings that they all elicit. Whether about you know Ryu talking about relationships, and and, and England trying to fit in, and Amy—you know—it's it's so interesting to see the Midwest portrayed in this way. And I think there's a really good video. It's a video essay from this creator called Hazel, and it's all about um, very like pastoral. Japanese countryside summerish anime, and I watched it last year, and it made me really miss my home. But like, I think I just missed the idea of it, yeah. and I think this does a really good good job of showing like life is pretty simple. And I, I love that line in there too, where they were like, "Yeah, I moved away, but I moved back because nowhere is quite like Bloomington." But by the time I got back, it had been like gentrified, and that everything's kind of always changing and rotating. And even in our hometown, it's gotten, I would say. Much sadder. It's a, it's kind of a depressing place and it's always been depressing to me. And that's my own relation to that. But yeah, it's interesting to have something be nostalgic and depressing, but also happy and listen to a lot of emotions and people and the connections there in their life. And yeah, I've never seen somebody I think capture the Midwest so well, especially in a video game. I feel like that's not a a section anyone gives a shit about, (laughs) especially specifically Bloomington, Indiana, which. somebody in here who's not with us today is it lived in Bloomington and my sister lived in Bloomington. So like, yeah. it's a, it's a place people have been. It's not a, it's so funny to see that it's such a specific like spot and you'd be like, Oh yeah, I know exactly where that is. I know people who've lived there. I know have friends who visited. I have someone I know from Nashville who lives there now who plays music. And I don't know. I, I, I I'm analgesic always does a thing that I can't really, it's like when you're laying in bed and you kind of maybe can't get to sleep and analgesics are like their their games kind of hit me at like eleven thirty two at night like mm. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. state- <laughs> you're just kind of there and you're like yeah that that was what happened or that's crazy i've never heard someone put it like that or and it's crazy because it's two people doing this and it's right. pretty <laughs> astonishing Everything. The music yeah, is incredible. Yeah. The writing, and this section of Protect, I think is just a the overall highlight of maybe everything they've done mm. in terms, for, specifically to me, and I think people from this is just experiencing that and seeing that and being like, "God, they they have something that other people don't." There's a sauce. There's a recipe. There's they 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 really get the like depressing happy nostalgia. And the images on the screen that it's showing as you're reckoning, and they're all distorted, but in a way that kind of looks like it's AI generated from a couple of yeah, years ago. That's I how love, you
0: kind of remember stuff. I love you, the the links, how they look like AI generated kind of, because at first I thought they were, but then I'm like, no, they wouldn't do that. Um, and and, and yeah. you're watching these images, these still images of what looks like the
1: Midwest, but they're not all there. And you are you can tell that there's it's a real image and in, in the, the descriptions of what they're talking about are very just real and, and mm-hmm. in a way that I think a lot of dialogue in video games can be a little too uh, smarmy and a little too like <laughs> on the wow nose. didn't see that coming
4: yeah, yeah on the nose yeah.
1: everything's a little too marvelish and this feels human and real in a way that I think very few things in media get close to and especially the way characters interact and speak mm-hmm. to each other especially this game features a lot of you know stuff in um, parentheses People, people's thoughts and the thoughts yeah. are very true about the way we interact with each other, and the characters are all the classic. Somebody's a triangle. Amy's a triangle. Ingwen's a circle, and uh, Ryu's a square. And they're all those are like classic design features. Like squares are like the more reliable, sturdy people. Triangles are like powerful. Circles are a more round or like softer, more lovable. And I think all those characters do a good job of embodying those character designs, but also being like being able to go past those and, and there's a lot of revelation there i, I don't know it, it's crazy to play something and feel like it's specifically for you mm-hmm. or about the thing that you've done or be able to relate to something that heavily so uh, very impactful and i'm really really that that the game is a highlight of i think video games in general
0: uh before i let yeah, anyone else I, speak, I, I just really want to quickly say about about 23 going from finley to columbus That whenever i would pick my wife up in columbus um, There's a giant, it's been there for years. I don't know if it's still there. There's a giant, just like mountain of dirt. I don't, I think it's closer to the Columbus side than the Finley (laughs) side. There's just a a giant mountain of dirt right off the highway. And as a joke, I pointed out to my wife, like the first time she's in America, I'm like, and if you look to your right, there's a giant mountain of dirt over there. And then (laughs) every time she visited since then, she's like, oh, it's the giant pile of dirt. Like, so if that gives you any indication.
2: (laughs) That's what it's like.
3: I you know I think something that you touched on a little bit Wilkins or a lot of it is like the um I think what they have that you're describing that like other developers don't have and I think it's a I think it's a a huge um I guess like the strength is in I think the fact that the team is so small mm-hmm. um because they can just like. Portray vulnerability and like tenderness. I think is the is a word that came to mind a lot when I was playing this game. I, I think there's a tenderness to all of their games, um, and you know, I I think I think it's expressed m- probably most through Ingwin in in this game, just because of like because she she's kind of a raw nerve, like she just like feels everything so deeply, and um, you know, like sometimes to uh, probably her benefit like in terms of emotional intelligence but also probably like you know to uh to her detriment at at times too um and i i can really relate to i i actually i ended up really liking her character i like all i mean all the characters are great um but um something i was thinking about last night uh after i finished the game um and honestly was kind of thinking about already like separate from my experience playing the game is just that like i'm sort of just like I can relate to the feeling of being like a raw nerve, uh, and, and like feeling at times as if it's a superpower to be able to feel. Um, but then at other times feeling as if like, it's a huge weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that the way that like her character is written and, and in fact, really a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, obviously you're seeing the, um, the, the vulnerable sort of innards of all of these characters like scattered all over the place throughout the game. You know, it's a very personal and intimate experience. But I, I think, uh, you know, even though I have so few things in common with really any of the characters, like on a lot of levels, um the most fundamental thing I feel like I do, uh I, I feel very like seen by the these people who made this game and in in a way that like is totally different i think than the way that like wilkins was describing feeling seen like oh i feel like this game was made for me because like my experience growing up in the or you know your experience growing up in the midwest um obviously that speaks to you in a very direct uh sort of literal way and i think there's something like incredible about that um and but but i also feel like in a more broad sense like I feel very seen on like an existential level by 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 this game. Like I feel, like I just I feel like they have a way of portraying yeah that kind of like that 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 like liminal space between like wakefulness and sleep, and sort of like the weird uh, I don't know the the weird state of mind that um, that someone might get into if they like I don't know if you're like really tired but you sort of like but you can't sleep. You're really tired but you can't sleep. the, the, the type of like raw uh, that you feel um, when like all of your defenses are sort of like completely deactivated um, but like you just like can't let go completely. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just started drinking coffee, and I feel like none of the words have come out of my mouth the entire time that we've been in this discussion. Like, I don't feel like I've said a single thing that makes sense even to me. So, if I' sorry if I don't make any sense, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I think like something that really resonated with me about um about this game is is, is I think that um like they they keep bringing up feeling like like feelings of worthiness or unworthiness like th- the question what like what do i deserve or like what do we deserve comes up a lot
4: mm-hmm.
3: um and i think in the context of the game like they spin that question into a lot of different contexts or they weave that 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 question into a lot of different contexts like some of them are more grounded sort of personal for the character. some of them like have some of the times that question is asked, I guess it has more, like, of a direct impact on, like, the the, the primary narrative of the game, but I, but I think that that's something that um, that I think about a lot is, like, what am I entitled to? Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily, like, sometimes based on tangible, like, based on my actions, like, what do I think I deserve? But also, like, what do I innately deserve? <laughs> what am I entitled to just, like because i'm here and uh i think it's it's fucking wild this nine hour video game that is like a weird like 3d janky but somehow also precision platformer adventure puzzle game like makes you ask a question like that <laughs> like what am i like uh what is my existence on earth like get me like what is what is this ticket good for? Like what what is the doctor good for? Um, the fact that I'm like left asking that question after playing this game is pretty incredible. And I, I think it's like they touch on like such fundamental human experiences and feelings. Um, and the way the way that they've found to integrate like extremely broad existential questions like that into this game that is like very much about a specific thing is incredible. And it's it's amazing that it doesn't come off like tangential i mean this is something that i struggle with like i think that i probably like if i was better if i had better focus and like i, I i'm a lot better at communicating i feel like a, a cohesive idea through like writing than i am speaking because i just get distracted by myself um and i go all over the place and i feel like this game and like the, their writing style in general because i felt like this about even the ocean too is like they somehow are so focused and like there is a the thematic through line that is touched on through the entire game, but they also cover like such a wide variety of topics Mm -hmm. and I don't know how they do it. I don't know how the game is like simultaneously. So about these central themes of like innate connectedness and identity and empathy and belonging and certainty and like invisible boundaries. And like those things, those are like the primary things that like, recur throughout the entire game, but I'm also left asking all of these like hyper specific questions about self. Like, I just
0: don't know how they like
3: manage to do that. It is incredible.
0: It's almost, I, you know, a lot of the, the, the key link cutscenes which were fucking amazing. Um, so good. I fuck. think I spe- specifically the, the Ryu one. And Seth, I'll let you get, get your claws into Bloomington in a second. Um, they yeah sorry uh, no it's fine <laughs> um yeah totally no worries it, it some of the writing so much of it is very focused and so good and then a lot of it specifically the keeling scenes like they purposely feel train of thought like and th- i think that is again adding to what Wilkins said too about those images that flash by in the keeling scenes like yeah i, I like In terms of like what is actually physically happening to the characters, like that's something I thought about a lot too. Of like what is actually happening to them when this is going on, Um, but like it's just like it feels like a rush of memories coming, memories and thoughts. And so like yeah, you when when you are seeing what is ostensibly actually physically happening in the game, the writing is crystal clear and you understand. But yeah, during those Keeling scenes, yeah, it feels like a real fucked up but not threatening dream kind of thing going on. Um, I really think about the Ryu ones a lot with like talking about like the the, the coffee mach- dispensing machine that like he, his favorite yeah. horrible coffee that he would get as a college student and stuff. And um, I think that's part of that magic. But, but yeah, you're right. I don't know how anyone, how just two people are able to just consistently put this shit out. Because, like, yeah. when you think about, like, like when I think of, like, my favorite bands, most of them, I only like, like, two albums. There's very few, like, music groups or whatever that I'm like, yeah, they consistently put out, like, amazing stuff. Like, how many good ideas do human beings actually have? I think for the majority of us, we, I think humans can be, we are innately more creative than I think most give ourselves credit for. Um, but at the yep. same time, it's not like you're gonna be able to put out nine out of ten, ten out of ten masterpieces of, of whatever you're trying to do consistently. It's impossible. Yes. Um unless like you're Nintendo, but you have a massive team of hundreds of people that you're able to work with. Yeah. For for two people to put out Anodyne 2, even the Ocean and Stephanie, like three of my favorite games of all time, period with, like, the best writing in games, to me, period, that's fucking wild. And I don't know how that's possible.
3: Yeah. I, I just... It, it. You know, not that it's all about this, because I'm sure that, obviously, there's a catharsis in just making these games for them. Like, I just... I... Every time thus far that I've completed one of their games and then, like, gone to kind of look at, like, I wonder like how well this did or how many people were exposed to it and find that those, I just, you know, I just find that those numbers are like criminally low for what, for the, for the quality that we're getting. And, Mm. and I just feel like, I don't know what we as like just four nerds that like playing video games. I mean, obviously, you know, seth has a has a platform uh for this uh but but you know just like i don't know what we can do to like i don't think there's something that we can do to like solve that problem for them at all but like right. i just i don't know i just like i feel like i finish i like this happened with even the ocean and it's happening now where i finished this game and i'm like fuck. how do i like make everyone i know play this right yeah um because it just like it, it, you know, regardless of if the gameplay is for everyone or not, I think there's something for everyone in the in the writing, uh, for sure. And uh, but but I also think that like it's writing that functions best in this medium. Like you know, I'm not saying that like you know, I'm sure that they could write you know like a like a great book or a great like like comic book series or something. I'm sure they could, but I, but I. I do think that like play is such an integral element to like connecting with the writing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I just, it, it is. I just, I wish this is experience on everyone. <laughs> and I wish that there was something I could do to, to make the audience bigger for this type of experience. Cause you're, you're right. The writing is like kind of second to none in video games, like period. So um,
0: I, I, I have an account on ResetEra.com or .net or whatever the fuck it is. The biggest gaming forum on the planet full of gamers. Um, I made, when I played 899-2, I was so blown away. And I was like, more people have to play this game. And I made a thread about it. They were like, there's tens of thousands of people on that site. Uh, it got like 30 responses and half of them were fucking assholes. <laughs> so to give you any kind of an idea. Of, like, what you can do. I guess the answer is nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. It's I've been impressive. trying my damnedest out
2: here. Yeah, it's um, it's rough. It's well, and it's the kind of thing, too, where like the things that we love about their games are tough sells, and like they know yeah. that mm-hmm. you know, they're they're aware of that, too. And, um, to the point where like their new game, Angeline era is like almost like a dig at that. Like, well, this is a game where you, you have a sword and a gun, right? (laughs) you know? So they're, you know, they're, they're kind of playing, playing with that too. And I think they understand that. I think the advantage they have because they're just two people, um, they don't actually need to sell like that many copies to keep doing what they're doing, which I think is also a benefit, um, that, that they have for keeping it so small scale, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think it's all... It's so special. Even for me, like, I was introduced to their games from Matt basically pestering me to play Anodyne 2 for, like, a straight year. And I just... He's like, trust me, if you play this, you'll love it. And I just kept putting it off, putting it off, until finally I did. And I said, holy shit, this game, like, kind of changed my life a little bit. Um, And I've been obsessed with them ever since. They're, you know, they're handily my favorite independent developer. Um and you know like it's 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 one of those things where you have to just kind of get people in the door and it's like you're evangelizing you know this kind of stuff like you're like a door-to-door evangelist or something and um it's it's weird but like what we're doing right now is the best we can do you know like this this right here talking about it and keeping that conversation word of mouth going in whatever small way we can is is all we can do to tell people about how special this art is um and i think yeah sharing some of these personal stories uh again it's what the whole fucking game is about you know like yeah. the, the whole game is about you know they they say like this whole concept of onyx which is this thing that they use to connect With everything, including Stephanie Island, they, it says like, it's not just a device, it's a meeting place, you know, it's where they connect and they go and they learn each other in the most beautiful way. And so when Stephanie is creating these experiences, like early in the game, they're drawn into the caves in sephany because they can smell things from their past in there and you know mm. as they're linking with this island it's starting to learn more about them so what you're seeing kind of is like the chat gpt ai <laughs> art version of like their their memories because that's sephany coming to understand them um and that's the way that real memories feel which is mm-hmm. why it feels so true the way that they've captured vibes yeah i'm from the midwest as well and um, my stepmom, there's a period of my life where I went to Bloomington, Illinois every day. You know, my stepmom used to work for a Sears and worked off of the in the Sears office over there. And I would go to work with her every day for a summer. Um, and yeah, like the even just the way that they have, you know, the the key species in there is this massive, like brain that is like casting an orangey glow over the entire thing even just that choice is so true to the vibe of it. That is what it looks like there. You know, the cornfields, the highways, the little like diners and the fucking abandoned cars. Like that's what it is. And, um, and they have managed to capture this thing of like everybody from the Midwest desperately wants to escape, but it's also like a, there is a part of you that, appreciates and even kind of loves it for what it means to you like sort of in that moment like what it sort of um will always it's something i'll always have in my pocket i can always like you know reach in and feel it and remember that it's still there you know um and so like that that was really special to me as well that that was definitely a a highlight segment um but i also think about like like the the sort of opposite of this the sort of like getting to have this window because I had such a strong reaction to that section, I sort of had this meta commentary in my head of like somebody else is having a reaction that deep to the other stuff. Right. Um, particularly people like, like of Asian, you know, descent and stuff. Like there's a lot of commentary on like racial inequality and the stuff that those characters dealt with and in, in their sort of lives. And that's something that I can't relate to but like I related relating to it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. um, it it sort of gave me like a really interesting sort of like um, empathy that I think I demonstrate in my daily life, but like the, the empathy um, I think really sort of was uh, the, the bridge of empathy was built within the game in that way, strangely, which, which again just ties into what the entire theme of the game is. And that was really powerful.
3: Um, Absolutely, I, I'm. I wanted to say one last thing before I go. I gotta got go into work, but um, uh, I I feel like to that point, um, like this sounds unrelated, but I promise it
0: isn't. Um, <laughs> who saw Asteroid City? I haven't seen it yet. I've not seen it too. Wilkins saw it. He's eating. I food. have. Cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the egg is really
0: coming through um, <laughs> is
3: in. Um, uh, so there what I consider to be like and this isn't a spoiler it's extremely minor for this but what I consider to be sort of like the thesis statement of that movie is a bit of dialogue where uh, um, some characters are talking about something very literal but obviously uh, it's meant in a much broader thematic sense where where um, there's a panic happening and, uh, people are trying to essentially like connect a series of communication devices, uh, and it's not working. And, uh, someone asks what's going on and the, uh, another character responds, uh, w- and says, everything is connected, but nothing's working. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me. Like that hit me like a fucking brick <laughs> sure. when I watched that movie. Um, And I thought about it the entire time I was playing this game too, because the game is also about connectedness in this way that we're all talking about. But, but I, but I think that like, it's also about um, the ways in which, like, I think people like betray their own, like need to be connected. Um, There's a lot of like, we you know people we we obviously we don't always act in our own best interest and i think um that like despite um deeply uh longing for meaningful connections to others and to the earth and to your surroundings and to whatever um that like sometimes we act in ways that make that more difficult to achieve um and really get in our own way and i think that might be the most like fundamental and like sort of human thing that I, that I took away from, from this game is like, um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm having trouble like tying it all together because I I think, I think, I think to what, to what Seth was saying earlier, like, I wish I would have finished this game a week ago (laughs) because I'm still, it's all still really simmering. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 th- I thought about that a whole lot, and uh, yeah, the it, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. That, that's, it, that's my best, but um, anyway,
0: uh, thanks, guys. I have to go,
3: I have to run, but I will see y'all next time. Signing we'll off,
0: be, we'll be talking about Pikmin next time.
3: Sweet, I'm ready <laughs> for a
0: See ya, bye. Um, And now it's funny that now he's gone because I wanted to get back. He said earlier, I don't know how long ago Hunter mentioned it, but, um, feeling being like a strength and a weakness. And that made me think a lot about everything everywhere all at once, where like the whole message of that movie is about like, uh, like deconstruction of like what masculinity can be and like what, um, like how we view traditional like masculine values and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about that the whole time. Um, I never really took what, In, uh, what was her name? Inguin. Ingwin. Um, mm-hmm. I never really thought about it as like, she was displaying like a weakness, but it's funny. Cause yeah, looking back, I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause like her and Amy get into a whole fight with, with the Ryu thing going on. And um yeah what a fucking game and now my train of thought is completely gone
2: (laughs) i look i totally related to all of these characters in different ways because um in in like in certain aspects like i've definitely been the the rio like the guy who is sort of like the smarmy Kind of like overly confident, you know, smart asshole. Like I've been that guy. Mm-hmm. I've been. I think I probably most related actually to Amy. Like the person who is sort of like feels put upon or feels forced like to be the the sort of like forced leader or whatever, and sort of carries like an annoying chip on her shoulder because of it. And um, and I I definitely relate to that intensely but i also yeah i relate to ingwen the person who's like sort of too nice and like soft for their own good and sort of the thing that is her her strength is also the thing that gets her hurt the most like i i related to all of them quite a lot and i i think it's also like a really interesting design decision to make all of the characters functionally identical in the way that they actually play, but mm-hmm. you can swap between them at any point. So when I started playing the game, I just was playing as Ryu at first because I liked his character design the most. Yeah, hands down. And
0: he, he looks cool. He's, yeah. he's the opposite of Alan Wake. That dude just looks cool.
2: <laughs> he just looks cool, and I just liked his design, like that oh, sort of rigid, like that. neon green <clears throat> and white. Like it just—he's cool. He got the pink slippers, and he just looks cool. Um, and and like. As I started to enjoy, you know, the characters more and relate to them more, I found myself naturally kind of swapping to the other characters. Even if I liked things like their design less, I related to them more in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, like, I wonder what the intentionality of that is. Of, like, just the fact that I can, with the pull of a trigger, change to one of these other characters, depending on how I'm feeling like, allowed me a lot of space to think about that at all in a way that I normally wouldn't. Like, um, I've been playing a lot of Pikmin 4, obviously, so, like, in Pikmin 3, for example, despite the fact that I've also got three characters that I can swap between at any point, I'm never thinking about myself as, like, Charlie or Brittany or whatever. Like, I'm never, like, putting myself in their head Mm -hmm. when I'm swapping between them. But in this, I am. And... Like, if that wasn't in the game, I don't know that I would have had that same reaction to it.
0: Yeah. Which is interesting. It's interesting from the perspective of, like, most other games that would let... Platformers that would let you swap between characters like this, you would expect them to play differently. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to imagine a version of this game where the characters all played, like, yeah, he's got a better wall run, or she jumps higher, or whatever. (laughs) Easily. Probably. I wouldn't even be surprised if they messed around with that while making the game. Sure, they did, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It it is like it's a subtle thing, but yeah, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that yeah, just pick your favorite character based on either their personality or their looks or just whoever you're feeling at the time and just go for it. I I do think that's really interesting in the yeah
2: the 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 allowance of of space I think is important in in art in general but especially in art like this that is sort of like that is sort of quiet and it's something that um i know is important to to Mellis when it comes to music too and the music in this game is fucking incredible yeah i think
0: it's his i think it's his best work yet personally yeah. I, I i love it yeah i'm glad you agree with me because yeah again i love all of his soundtracks but yeah to me this is like hands down the best um yeah again bloomington again but like flowing golden highway which is the name of that song for that area Mm -hmm. it's like top five video game songs for me of all time like it's it is i heard that song like a year before i played the game and i was like holy shit this is amazing and then i felt bad because i'm like well now that that area isn't going to live up to my expectations and nope uh it totally did um (laughs) yeah Oh my god.
2: It's all it's all even like that that main like Sephany theme like whenever Stephanie, like appears essentially. Yes. I think the song is called like Solitary Wanderer. Like man like it just he has managed to create this like again just allowing for the space to parse how it makes you feel at the moment you're listening to it. There's a long period of time where every time I would meditate every morning to Center City C note um from uh Anodyne 2 because it was a great meditation song because, like, the the way I felt about it could change. I could think of it as being something scary or happy or whimsical. And I've had moments like that with all of their games. And, like, that is such a rare thing to be able to tap into, let alone as consistently as as they have. But, like, you can also mark the distance. You can mark the improvements. They truly do get better with every release. Like the the art, Marina's art and like the the realization of 3D space is stronger than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. The music is stronger than it's ever been. The writing is stronger and it's it's just it keeps going up and up and up to the like after I finish Anodyne 2, um I think I told you this Matt, I was like, I don't know how Stephanie's gonna live up to that. Right. Like I don't like I don't know if I'm ever going to have a stronger reaction and then I just did. Like right. it just, it's crazy. Like it's crazy to think that like something can take that sort of purchase in my mind and my heart, um, the the way that that their games have. And um, I don't know, man. Like that that soundtrack is. I didn't think I was gonna like a soundtrack more than Zelda's this year, and this like, actually beats the shit out of Zelda's soundtrack in my opinion. Yeah, like it's so good.
0: Um, I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry,
4: go
1: on, uh, mm. The things that I wanted to touch on were like for the, the, the in-game tips. I've been playing Resident Evil, and the way that the uh, the guy who runs the shop—I'm sure there's actually a preferred name for him. Uh, what do you buy? What do you buy? He'll be like, he'll say something like, "You might want to." Do a thing here, you don't know when you're gonna be coming back this way. Mm. I appreciate and I think it's very their games. So they're like, this game might be tough, and it's clearly their voice. It's not the right, it's not the game. It's them saying, I don't know, you can play whoever you like. We think that's fun. They do a really good job of just being there and being in the game. I think their games do a really interesting thing too, where like there's no heights to me. It's really nice to explore that area they've unlocked in gaming as a thing like every one of their games feels like we're i'm going to a different place mm-hmm. in the gaming sphere than i am anywhere else and i think that's probably the most unique thing a developer has going today like you know everything else we've kind of talked about this is probably this is even more unique than even the ocean and this yeah. is it's pretty incredible what they're able to do with just presentation everything i i feel like and i don't want to dog on season so much but i feel like that's what I wanted this game to do was to it, – it had parts of it, but it just wasn't there, all there. It wasn't so cohesive. This is just – it's a feat. They do something that other people wish they could do, and I'm really, really excited to see whatever else they do next. And I'd like to play Anodyne 1, and um, I started playing the Switch port, and it seems a little rough around the edges, so I might try to well. play it on PC yeah, I might just try to play on PC, I'm sure, since it doesn't really uh take up a lot of resources. It's probably just easier to connect to the Xbox or the PS5 controller and just go from there. But no, I, I'm I'm happy and always excited and a little sad when their games are over, but I I think they do they're still just doing something that no one else is doing in this space. Or probably even gets close to.
0: Right. Like I, I can't think of again, we talked about it before, I can't think of anyone any indie studio or really Again, besides the Nintendo first-party stuff, I can't think of any other game studio putting out stuff this consistently high of quality. Like, there's there, there's, no one. <laughs> like, certainly no. not in the indie space. And even and when there is, it takes them, like, fucking, like, six years to get out, you know, the sequel to Hollow Knight. Which is fine. I'm not complaining. I'm sure Silk Songs would be amazing. But, like, um, not just, like, every couple years... like. And, it's just like you nope know, here's another one of your favorite games of all time here you go have fun crazy man i don't know
2: how into spoilers we want to get
0: i think we should um, almost always just go for it i don't yeah. see any okay. reason not to it. Okay.
2: okay i i would really like to talk about the ending yeah let's do it and the the epilogue yeah i there's there's a lot to sort of unpack <laughs> with with the ending and and the epilogue because like it is when you get to the end of the game and and i think hunter touched uh, touched on this a little bit earlier but like that that sort of notion of like we've done all this work but can we even let it like can we even trust what our government's going to do with it and stuff and like the, this notion that those people didn't just become like lifelong friends for the rest of their life you know like they had this kind of moment where they work together, they connected like on a deep and personal level, but it almost feels like a summer camp or something. Where like like that, like that was true then, but it didn't necessarily carry on for the rest of their lives. Mm. I thought that was so like honest. Like I yeah. thought that was so just like yeah, just human and honest to experiences where like I uh it made me think about um, you know, one of one of my when I worked at GameStop. Uh, I was really close friends with one of the other managers. Like, I'm, like, the godfather of his first kid, technically. Mm. And, like, that's how close we were back then. And we have not talked in a real way in, like, ten years now. Right. You know? And it became obvious that we were really close then. And, like, he and I's relationship will always kind of be back then. But, like that doesn't mean that it's true now. And you realize how much of a blip actually that thing that was once really important and impactful actually was. And I I just thought that was like, I thought that was a really honest way to sort of end the game and then to like do the, the credits roll and have the epilogue as like essentially an optional thing, which is weird to me. Like I think that most people would feel unsatisfied by by the ending because it isn't like a quote unquote good ending. Yeah, yeah. It just um, it just it's just
0: done. Like it's just it, it's it feels yeah. weird at the time. Yeah.
2: Right. And and so like the epilogue kind of feels like it, it's like required reading, mm-hmm. but like it also it, it it's it's handled a little bit strangely, but I think I I think I ultimately kind of appreciate it because it kind of like makes you seek it out, which I think is also um tied into like the new character that is introduced um who also has to like make that decision like i think even just that little extra step of having to go into the menu and choose to engage with the epilogue maybe gives you a little bit of connective tissue and maybe this is just me reading too much into it but maybe gives you a little bit of connective tissue to that character who also had to go out of her way to do the hard thing and make sure that her grandmother's research was you know out there and and everything and and make sure that that story is sort of remembered and get to the bottom of what actually
0: happened Mm -hmm. so i don't know i liked that a lot like that that really worked for me um yeah i think i expressed to you i I didn't know how i felt about the ending at the time and that was it was mostly just about how it was separated like that like i i like the actual content of what's happening it just it, it, it felt weird to me, but the more I look at it, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. There's a time jump of 50 years and the null virus has happened and stuff. So it does make sense. Um, I, yeah, the, your point about the, um, like them, the Amy Ryu and England not having a lifelong relationship after that. I like, yeah, that, you know, we all have relationships like that. You know, like I, I'm still friends on social media with people I have in, talked to in fucking 15 years. Um, And yeah, even different periods of your life where people even come and go, like people can come back and whatever. And yeah, that is a, yeah. Like you said, it's very honest though for me that whole, the whole ending sequence of like the, the three are in Stephanie. So the four are, are about to, to fully link, I guess. Um, And then it's interrupted by the rescue party coming and everything that that happens afterwards. I I almost took it as like, it was too painful for them to even come back together anyway. Like it's not even like, it was almost like a conscious decision of like, like things can't be like that ever. Like we're never going to be that close. Like why? Mm -hmm. I mean, to to give anyone context who haven't who hasn't played the game for one go play the fucking game and see the ending it's very good yeah. but like the way it's portrayed like you're seeing these um these like featureless like polygonal almost like clay or like marble statue versions of the characters and they're all like posed around Stephanie and they're all inter they're touching and in very like sensual ways like, again, I I'm no. I like to think I'm somewhat smart. I I know I'm smarter than a lot of people, but I also I know I'm also pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> um, I the way they're posed is almost like fucking like Greek statues. Like it, it is almost right. like the 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 read I got is like they were right on the verge of this amazing. It, it almost feels like an interrupted like orgasm is, is what it feels like to me. Right. And right, like, right, right. And the, like they, they just, they, they can't ever fulfill those feelings ever again. And like, it just isn't it, it like, it, it's like a frustration. Like, it's like we were, we were so close to this thing and then it, it was interrupted and, and we can never come back to that moment in time again. Like, yeah, it, it makes me think about all kinds of like, <laughs> like, again, I guess any, any good story makes me think about this kind of stuff. But yeah, like, ex-girlfriends or, like, former friends. Like, it, it, it made me think of all kinds yeah. of stuff. And it is still the thing that I, I am thinking about the most when it comes to the story. Like, Bloomington hit me the hardest. But, like, yeah, that ending and, and, and what the implications are um, with those poses and stuff, that is the thing that I am consistently thinking about the most.
1: It... It's interesting because I think this is something and the other person in the chat who's not talking right now can probably relate to this. But if you do, if you end up working in the restaurant industry, there's a level of you work with people who I, there there are people who I saw more than my wife Mm -hmm. who I would work with for a couple of years. And I don't see them anymore. I don't have any connection. Mm -hmm. I have been to their house for, you know, I've seen you know you've gone through the whole rigmarole, and you're so close to these people. And the second you leave a service industry job, it's—I'm not saying it's always like this. There's—you leave a lot of people behind. It's just kind of like you go on with that. And I thought that was really interesting in the way that they kind of all ended it and were like, "It's—it is what it is." Like it, it's a very natural way of looking at life, which is actually that people come and go and are always moving in influx in your life, rather than being these static like, "Oh my God, everyone's gonna be friends for forever. We love everybody." Like I appreciate that their games say and do things that every human probably actually does and responds rather than it being some sort like facsimile of like yay like i don't know there's a realism that's just portrayed there and I, I also took a lot of the ending to be like i don't know how this is probably just my fascination with that idea and also this piece of media but it felt a little like lilith and neon genesis evangelion i felt like we were ascending i yeah. felt like there was a level of like uh, oh. human instrumentality there's a this level of like we're all getting closer than we ever have been before. There are no boundaries. There's no There's no pain. There's no suffering, which could probably be a little heaven-esque. But it, it was almost like this. And it's really sad to see that it didn't happen. And mm-hmm. also that Stephanie was trapped in a train station for 50-some years just by themselves. And they're like an entity and they exist. And this person had to come get them. It's, It's very interesting. And I think I would love to know why. Excuse me not that I didn't think it was a bad thing. I just think it's so interesting to see the epilogue not included, like who would get done with that and say, you know what? I've had enough. I'm not going to see this. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I think it's pretty fascinating. And I, I think that as a conscious choice, there's a lot of, to me, this game is about conscious choices, about the intentionality of making controls that may not be the same and making characters all play the same. And, and I think there's a lot of stuff here that they do that I would love to know why. And I'm sure some of it isn't as profound as I'd like to think it is. Sure. But I really yeah. love thinking about that it could be that profound. And that's, I think the mark of really good art is that you could take away a lot of different things from from those things. And that this is <clears throat> something that has... Brilliant little moments and 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 bits of dialogue and and bits of characters that are all feel really that feel very real and feel very much like them. And I think that's the thing is that you know, you look at something with like Assassin's Creed and there's four hundred people in there and everyone gets sort of lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. This feels like people are kind of speaking to you and it feels a lot more like dialogue and it feels a lot more natural than a lot of other things in the medium.
0: Right. When you have such a small team working on it and it's such a personal project I, I forget what i used i think we talked about it in here recently i forget what we were talking about but uh like you can see the brush strokes and you can see the imperfections but like that's what i like like i like that stuff like i i can get a fucking 200 million dollar polish to hell game anywhere else i want and i play a lot of them trust me but like it's this kind of stuff that like sticks with me and i don't know if that's just because again been playing games for 30 years that's come up a lot in this conversation but like i've just played so many of them that seeing any bit behind the curtain is really fascinating and yeah you know the credits roll well the second credits roll where it goes more in depth and i love this about their games like even the ocean did it as well where they have pictures like what other games have like a picture i mean i'm sure i've seen it somewhere else where like a game had pictures in the credits but I don't know. I feel like it was like Tony Hawk or mortal Kombat or something like that. Not like an indie game that felt this personal. Um, yeah. And it just feels like, you know, we all lived through the pandemic obviously. And yeah, it just seeing their pictures starting, I forget the first one was dated like maybe January, 2020. So it was like right before shit started getting bad, at least in America. You know, I, I don't know the timeline for like where they, I know Melos lives in Japan. I don't know if he's lived there in 2020, but, um, like just seeing that evolution. And like, there was one picture, I think it was, I think it was Marina's where it was like a parking lot or maybe just a street. I think it's just a street covered in snow and there's cars and just covered in snow. And that was from like March or April, 2020. I was just something that simple. I was like, fuck man, like March of 2020. Yeah. What a fucking time. <laughs>
2: what a time that was. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, i've been thinking about the the ending a lot and even like um stephanie as a character um which you, you're talking about wilk like the like like why Stephanie's stephanie sort of like left alone on the island for like 50 years and stuff and um it was interesting to see like coming into the sort of finale of the game because i think that they actually have quite a like like epic like ramp up like when you Mm -hmm. go through the sort of gauntlet to get to the finale and then like you're you're having to like plod through like the barriers between you and stephanie's like heart or whatever um and like you go one barrier at a time meanwhile amy's mom is common like like has a command of ships that are trying to like penetrate stephanie's like shields that it's putting up outside because stephanie is almost like you're not taking this away from me mm-hmm. you know and i i find that really interesting too like stephanie almost didn't get the choice of like just moving on and continuing with its life after the connection was sort of severed stephanie didn't have even the opportunity to do that um in the way that they did and i i yeah that that all has just left me with you know a a lot to think about and the um the thing that i think they do really well with their games and i think the pictures and the credits are a good way of of illustrating this is just the way that they talk like to their players like the the way that like there is like a communication like you do feel the personal uh touch of it and i do feel connected to them by playing their games than i do any other independent developer because of that that personal touch because that stuff feels so honest and true um you don't get that with like i love triple a games i love nintendo games and stuff like that but that just isn't possible to your point about like the brush strokes like when you have 500 artists working on a painting together the brush strokes are going to get lost at a certain point right you know um so yeah no it's just it's it's really special like it's all of these games like and it is funny too juxtaposed to Anodyne 2 the ending of Anodyne 2 is like the exact opposite yeah. <laughs> like where it's like everything's going to be all happy the song's called the life we'll live like we're all going to be together forever you know, and so it was refreshing to have like that sort of realist take because coming into the ending of Stephanie, I was kind of expecting it to go more anodyne too. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then it just like, it kind of doesn't. And I, I really appreciated that about it too. But um,
0: yeah, man, I don't know. It's a good game. I like it a lot. Yeah. It, Um, yeah, I, you know. art made about the pandemic i i usually find like i i don't really want to deal with it (laughs) most of the time not even just from like a i live this point of view but also just from like a i don't know i just not something i really want to deal with um but like yeah i don't know this just hit that sweet spot of like yeah obvious like they literally call like the null virus like a a pandemic and stuff and like i like, like I I forget the character the fourth character the one you play Amy's Gail uh, Gail yeah um, yeah like they're wearing a mask um, like mm-hmm. but it all felt right it didn't feel trite it, it's it's the same thing with all of their games of like in the hands of like lesser writing and storytelling and whatever this could just feel very on the nose it could, it's whatever. Um, this all felt right. And also, yeah, it wasn't exactly a happy ending, but it also wasn't like, it, it was more melancholic and bittersweet than anything. I mean, I mean, they do go through a pandemic where a lot of people die and stuff, but like from a, from a personal perspective, like it doesn't feel like a disaster movie or whatever. It doesn't feel like, right. You still feel the humanity. Like when, when Gale is interviewing, Um, And when like 50 years on like and they're laughing like despite everything you know during the pandemic we were still laughing and having fun it just felt different like if anyone is listening to this podcast in 50 years and you weren't alive for the pandemic we still went on with our lives it was just kind of weird but we still found ways to keep going like, because you have to Uh, for some people it was Tiger King and for other people it was (laughs) whatever. (laughs) um but yeah that i don't know like i said i i can't think of any other studio that would yeah that would hit that sweet spot of like yeah this isn't like a super optimistic happy ending but this also isn't like a complete disaster ending and yeah i would say that overall i find the game quite optimistic in regards to its politics and stuff right so more so than i am um right there were a couple more quotes I wanted to read. They weren't as long as the other one. Let me make sure I got them. Ah, this is from uh, Engwin's section during her Onyx mindshare part. Uh, Your mom was in the government and you imagined her pouring ice into the ocean to cool it. But then oh, one day... yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then one day That's you found one. out her job was convincing stubborn people with money that Maybe they should invest in something besides oil to burn up the planet, and space rockets to escape once there's nothing left. Um, it just reminds me of a couple of years ago with the whole Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, like the the billionaire, like space race going on, and like my reaction is like, do you not see that the richest people on the planet are trying to get off the planet? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, like that. That's. You you know, because again, this game takes place in what, like 2040 or something like that? So, like, Mm -hmm. ostensibly in this future, they have at least figured out some of this shit, because they don't talk about, like, global... war I mean, again, it is referenced right there, that but that is seemingly, like, they figured it out. That her mom was able to convince rich people with power and money that, like, oh yeah, okay, we can fix this. We don't need to abandon ship just yet. Um... (laughs) I thought that was very powerful. I think I had one other. huh? I don't think I had another politics one. I have a couple other quotes. Um, That one's very long. Oh, this one really fucking hit me and I guess it does touch on politics stuff a little. Um, I believe this is just from the Bloomington section again. Oh, I think it's from Amy's Onyx Spine Chair. Um, You'll probably never have to find out what it's like to die separated by an impenetrable language barrier. You feel lucky to not have to immigrate for financial or safety reasons. You know some people don't have a choice. Um, As someone that is currently living in a country where I don't natively speak the spoken language, yeah, that one hit pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah, man. There's, yeah. The the writing is
2: so fucked And, like, there's just... There's a lot of, like, little, you know, moments of writing like that. I, I took one... I think this might have been from Amy's section as well, um, where it talks about... Um, the, the quote is, Each grandparent you lost felt one step closer to the inevitable, losing your parents. That was too much to think about. Even though you're lucky to have and love both your parents and to have met all your grandparents, you don't know if you deserve your mourning. Like damn dude. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I felt like personally attacked by that shit. You know, um, there's just so many little bits of like very honest and raw writing, which is interesting. Cause another, another thing that's interesting about this game, uh, typically the sort of arrangement of analgesic is Melos is like designer and, you know, composer and Marina is typically the writing lead and the artist. Mm-hmm. And here uh, Melos is actually the writing lead. And Marina was involved with the writing, of course, but Melos was the, the writing lead. And I think a lot of that hopeful thing is probably Marina. Like, I think um, a lot of that stuff feels kind of anodyne to Steven Universe-ish hopefulness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so I think that that flavor is in there. But it was interesting to see, like, especially if you look at stuff like Melos has, like, a personal blog and, like, that also, like his writing style, the way he sort of just like marinates and, and like kind of ruminates on things. It feels very much in line with like what he is as a person. And, um, it, the, the game just feels like a collection of like raw human thoughts mm-hmm. sort of vomited onto this like visual novel thing. And, uh, there's so at, like as a result, yeah, there are a lot of those that just feel like a twist in the, of the knife in the stomach, you know? Um, yeah, there are a lot of lines like that that really fucking
0: hit me hard. I, I do have one more I want to read, and then I, it's not, it feels like we're about wrapping it up, but I'll give anyone any thoughts they want to close off with after this. But yeah, the other quote I had, it's a very short one. It's from the very end of the game. I didn't have time to check to see what the specific context was, but I know it's like when you're at the null virus and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Ryu saying... There's something terribly violent about living, something ruthless and sparking, the taking and taking, the becoming. And again, it just really, really made me sit there for a second and also just, yeah, it just makes me think about consumerism and just even on a more primal level of of eating and and like the eating of animals and stuff. My wife, um, she works at a grocery store. And, uh, she was, she came home the other day or a couple of weeks ago and was telling me the story of like, someone had taken, you know, chicken out of the freezer or whatever. And then when they were in line to buy it, they decided they didn't want it. So they just put it, whatever, next to the Heath bars or candy or gum or whatever. And that, and this lady who did it looked like very well off. Like she was dressed like a business person and, and stuff. And that there was a dude behind her that just, you know, I, I forget how my wife described him, but like just looked like a normal dude. And he was like, hey, like straight up came at her and was like, that's pretty fucked up. Like this chicken died for us and you were just deciding you don't want it. And you're not even just going to go take it back. Like this thing literally died for nothing because you don't feel like going to go take it back. And the lady was just like, I, I'm not going to talk about this. And yeah, like, it, it, I like me and my wife got like emotional talking. And we talked about going vegetarian. I think it's that's probably coming in the next couple years. And yeah, it really, it really fucked me up, <laughs> just thinking about that chicken and like just the carelessness and the thoughtlessness and and that you know, man, yeah, that line really fucking got to me. Yeah, yeah, man there's
2: there's a, a couple little like extraneous things that that I wanted to ask you guys oh. if you how much of it you engage with because there there were some things in this game that I was surprised that I engaged with as much as I did mm-hmm. um one of them is the photo mode like I typically don't really mess with photo modes much in games but in this one like, For some, like, they just went, like, way harder on the photo mode than they probably had to. Like, you can do some really cool stuff with the photo mode in this, like, indie game, especially after you complete it. And you can just, like, straight up put any of the character models in there. And um, there's even some fun, like, little Easter eggs in there that you can do. And, um, man, like, I just, I don't know. I don't know how much y'all messed with that, but I love this game's photo mode of all things.
0: Yeah, I didn't too much. I checked it out, yeah, at the start of the game when they tutorialize you on it, and then, yeah, at the end when you go back in and it's like, yeah, you can do all kinds of stuff now. You can place characters, and, like, I messed with it for a little bit. I'm like, huh, this does seem pretty cool, and I'll have to come back to this, and I just haven't gone back to it. But, um, yeah, genuinely, for an indie game, I can't think of one that has, like, a more in-depth, just from me glancing at it, it was pretty neat how you could just place characters and stuff. I
1: (coughs) loved it. It it seemed really full, like, fleshed out, and I think they always do, again, interesting stuff with simple mechanics where in any other game it would be something to gloss over where other people are going to get... Uh, the mileage is, I think, there with any of the mechanics, and that's always, like, one of the fascinating things is seeing what they're able to do or what they do with some of that stuff.
2: Yeah. I was also curious um, if y'all engaged much with the bubble adventure post-game mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Did y'all do any of that? So I did... I got all the bubbles in like the first couple areas. Um, I didn't understand how to even attempt some of them without infinite jumps. Like, I, there's one specific set along like the side, when you're on the surface, like along the side of the mountain. I was just like, how the fuck is this even possible? Um, I would like, I would like to look at it more at some point, but it just, it, it feels weird to say, but with all the recordings I did of this game, it, it's like I've been dedicating my time to like giving this game coverage, and that just didn't right. fall into my purview at that point. Um, it is a, it's a really cool thing. It reminds me of uh, that like Luigi balloon hiding mode in Mario Odyssey of like, hey, we're just going to put yeah. shit way the fuck out there and you got to figure it out kind of thing. Um, I will say what was cool about it. Uh, I didn't realize when i was first playing the game um just how like they even intend for you to be able to get like out of bounds i don't know how out of bounds i consider it when they intend you to be able to get there but it is it, it looks like you're out of bounds um specifically in bloomington there's like that that like section of highway that goes like straight up and then it it goes um back where you just came from and then if you get the fire orbs and you can make it across this big gap, and then there's there's an area over there. I spent like 20 minutes on my first playthrough trying to get that accomplished. I finally did, and then I found nothing over there. I was like, "Well, what the?" And then I eventually fell through the floor because it's like out of boundsy stuff. I was like, "Well, fuck this!" I thought there was going to be a, a, a link up there, um, but it turns out if I just kept walking forward, no, you're like you get real out of bounds, and like there's stuff there, um, which is super interesting. Oh. But, yeah, to get back to the the bubble quest thing, um, in the second area, like, layer one, uh, I got a set of the bubbles that sent me, like, really high up. And then in the distance, I saw a giant Nova from Anodyne 2 in the void, and it creeped me the fuck out because <laughs> yeah. big, big empty voids in games really creep me out anyway. But then to see, like, a giant shape back there. But, yeah, I then I turned on infinite jumps and I went over there. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's just a giant Nova model just in the darkness over here. Um, but yeah, it's cool. and I, I definitely, I want to check it out more. I just you know, hadn't had time yet.
2: Yes. Some of them, you for sure uh, have to turn on like infinite jumps for. And I think that, um, I, I think that like engaging with the game in that way, or like sort of like seeing the, the new areas you could reach with the, the bubbles uh, was was really cool and yeah, like the encouragement to go out of bounds because there's even extra like items you can pick up those little capsules mm-hmm. that give you like flavor text um, and backstory of the characters. There are even items that are sort of like glitched, like untextured items, basically that just look like little like
0: like cubes, cubes. Kinda,
2: yeah, yeah. And uh, and you can only find those like out of bounds, typically. Like they're kind of like way out of the, you know, the the scope of where you can normally go. And interestingly, like, I found myself, um, like, getting obsessive over, like, 100%ing. I, I ended up 100%ing the game. Like, I've done everything you can do in the game. Um, and some of those items are in, like, buck wild places that you have to basically just turn on infinite jumps and just, like, fly through the area to find. There's one in um in layer two i think the with all the like the trees and you like have to go like so far above like the tree canopy and like they thought of that like there's stuff there like there is interactable space that you can like stand on and like take in the landscape and like that was really striking to me like this thing that like a minuscule amount of the already small audience of this game is going to engage with like had some kind of consideration paid it was really cool so i liked that a lot
0: i'm always a fan of like yeah weird again out of bounds stuff even though again in this case it's not actually out of bounds but yeah it's it's pretty fucking cool
2: yeah yeah, I really, I liked that. that. Like I said, I ended up putting another, like, seven hours into the game. Like, just with that. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: I, I liked it a lot. I, I definitely 100%ed with, with infinite jumps the first two areas with that. It's also nice that they, when you beat the game and stuff, it then there is a indicator of, like, hey, yeah, you're missing this much stuff in the local area. Mm-hmm. That, that was nice because, like, I, I did go out of my way to make sure I linked with everything because I'm like, yeah, this puzzle stuff is great and i want to engage with all that specifically too
2: yeah and, and they incentivize you to do it because you get more puzzles and uh, more pieces to use in the puzzles which is great they also have like a sort of dev room that which is they usually have like kind of you know cut content um in their games which which i think is also really neat about their games but um this one has like uh has like cut links as well there's like i don't know right. six or seven i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I forgot those are that. cool too like it's neat to see like kind of what was left on the cutting room for
0: even the entrance into the dev room feels like you're finding like the fucking like the bunker in lost or something like it's it's right it's pretty cool yeah yeah
2: people well. should play it you made it to the end of this
0: like three hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. The, if you, I think I'm going to also upload this to YouTube and put it in that same playlist. So, may, may, those videos got more views than I was expecting a tiny, tiny bit. So, may, maybe someone will listen nice. to this. But, um, Milk, was there anything? Did you have any, uh, ending thoughts on that? <laughs>
1: no i mean i feel like we it was really nice to hear everyone else's opinion and you know there's still a lot to chew on and i feel like it's something i'll be probably thinking about for the foreseeable future in some capacity
0: yeah like when it comes to like my favorite things i've played this year like this is hands down in the top three it's probably number two like like the only thing preventing it from being number one is just zelda is just so big and yet the story moments of this are going to stick with me for probably the rest of my life. Oh, a like it's,
2: thousand it's, percent. Like, it's, yeah. it's
0: going to be, like, a cornerstone. Like, I think I said before I finished the game, like, Anodyne 2 will probably always be my favorite game of theirs, but honestly, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I think maybe just because there's more gameplay here to go with the story and stuff, I think I like Stephanie the most of their games, which you know, I was not expecting to say that going into it which is fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. Like that's crazy.
2: <laughs> like I, like, I can't believe like Anodyne one that, you know, that's, that is like the first game. I like it a lot. I think it's, I think it's really good still, but like from even the ocean to Anodyne two, to now Stephanie, like they're just batting 1000, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. Like all three of those games would be like in my, you know, in my favorites of all time. Like mm. that's, that is crazy to me. And like, um, Angeline era, which is their new game coming out hopefully next year. Um, I'm not waiting for that to hit switch. Like I'm playing that on PC. The day it
0: comes out. I, I don't (laughs) know why I didn't buy Stephanie on PC day one, but I just, in the back of my head, I knew that it was coming to switch at some point, but yeah, I probably would knowing now what I knowing now what I do, I would definitely just bought it day one on PC. No question. I mean, if
2: it's coming to Switch Day One, if they do end up, you know, locking that down and making that happen, I'll play it there. Yes. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't they, think. It's if, gonna, I hope it happens.
1: I don't know. It's just like yeah. a, year, a year. is just such a long time to wait. When I feel like something, like at this point, it's just kind of like that's the only thing I think keeps happening. Is I feel like there's a little bit of just like it's out, and then it's like, yeah, I'm waiting, just yeah. waiting. Where is it? Where is <laughs> yeah, it?
2: I that and that's, that's nothing thing. that I, I get it. Right. It's just you it's know, not like, their fault yeah it's, all it's not well and i think too, if i don't know if if um if uh marina or, or Melos will listen to this they might i don't oh, know maybe. but um but but they um but that that's another thing that i like it, it is out of their control and i um and i hope that with angeline era um i i hope that they manage to find like a situation for them that allows them to bridge that gap faster because i I don't know what the finances of their games look like, but I have to imagine having something on switch, especially Angeline Era, which like, looks like it's just like, I can't wait to play that like in handheld, you know, Mm -hmm. on, um, on switch. And, uh, but, but in any case, whatever platform it's available, I'm day one. I'm not, I cannot (laughs) wait for it. Yeah. I could not be more excited for it, especially like if the trajectory continues and I like that somehow impossibly more than Stephanie, like, I can't. We're, I, we're talking like, like. I cannot fathom
0: it. We're talking like best game of all time contender at that point. Like, it's. Crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and yeah, for anyone that doesn't or hasn't seen Angelina Arrow, for one, the logo is like maybe the best logo I've ever seen. So it looks, good. It looks like fucking like straight. Like an Actraiser spinoff or something. Like, it looks like straight out of 1991. Um, and yeah, it plays like the very. Or it looks like it plays like the old East games. Um, mm hmm. But, like, with way more um, dynamism going on. Because, like, yeah, in the old East games, you would just walk into enemies and just keep bumping into yeah. them. And, whereas um, this has, like, a, a... Yeah, and now in Mellos coin, bump slash combat and... Uh, but also, there's, like, jumping and the boss fights seem super dynamic. Like, genuinely, you know, as much as I love Anodyne too, I don't go to it for the gameplay. Like, I mean, I do think it's a, it's right. a decent Link's Awakening-esque puzzle-solving thing, but... Um, that's only half of the game. And like the 3d stuff is just exploratory basically. Whereas like, right again, I, I am someone we didn't talk about this much, but like, I feel like I know Seth, you are someone that values story and games over the gameplay general. I mean, I know you still like the game or value usually, the gameplay, but um, yeah. And, and I feel like Wilkins, you're another one that like, generally speaking, like the, the gameplay isn't as important to you. Whereas like for me, like I come to games for the gameplay generally. Like I'm way more excited to play a game than to read a game, but I also I like reading games just fine. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. so like to, for Stephanie to have like more like involved gameplay attached to it, like oh, that was so exciting to me, and yeah, I think that's why it pushed it over Anodyne Two for me. And then yeah, Angeline Era looking like a like a fucking East like in 2023. That is very exciting to me in a way that I never <laughs> thought would happen.
2: Yeah, man. Oh, and the and the music that he's already released for it is so good too. Yeah. Like, God,
0: I I Ugh. might I, I might can't. have to actually like edit this podcast more than usual to f- just fit in more music in in like some spaces because I I feel like just having an intro and an outro song isn't good enough uh, to represent this. Yeah, because it is fucking incredible
2: yeah damn i don't know yeah what a game i'm i'm (laughs) I'm glad that this that this conversation kind of lived up to uh my expectations for it because we all regretted not recording that even the ocean chat yeah um so it's it's nice to have like a recorded uh totem of of this experience together so
0: yeah, we're also probably gonna be like the only podcast in the world with an episode on besides your podcast, I guess. But with a dedicated, this is just a Stephanie podcast. Even that,
2: <laughs> yeah. Like even my podcast had like it was an indie showcase for you know where I basically talked about it for like thirty minutes. But to have a dedicated like three
0: hour, <laughs> let's
2: chew the fat on everything and ha- you know like yeah, this is this is special. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I yeah, th-
0: this is like why I wanted to do. This games club in the first place, and yeah, it if we never did another one of these, it was worth it just for the even the ocean and Stephanie. But, um, mm-hmm. I guess on that yeah. note, tune in next time for Pick 4, um, <laughs> where that game is really good, but we're probably not going to be able to mine this much conversation out of it. Um,
1: y'all, so. y'all, wait, I got a lot to say. I've been cooking, I've been cooking. Oh, yeah. I You're
0: got cooking. a lot to say. I will say before I stop the recording, I'm very excited for you to do the Engulfed Castle. Uh, in Pikmin, Wilk, because that was... I did. Did you? We're we talking about... It's, you a du- it's a dungeon with
1: the the roll... We'll yeah, talk. What's yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Okay. Alright. Well, thanks everyone for coming. Uh, thanks Hunter for being here, and thanks Jim for being in the background and turning on his camera for a while. I had to try not laughing. Thanks, it, it, it was... Very, all of a sudden, Jim was just there silently playing Pikmin. It was very good. <laughs> um... <laughs> But thanks, y'all, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.